Welcome, everyone, to another episode of The Clipping Point. My name is Captain Ben, and we have a special guest two, this evening. Two special guests. Two special guests. That's right. Thank well, you, one, one super special, one, like, kind of special. <laughs> you have to figure out which one. Yeah. You have to. You, you decide. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, one of our special guests is Mr. Sean Love, famously known for SLR Speed and all of their suspension uh, components. Famously on a lot of uh, well, a particular brand of vehicles. Yes. And uh, I think you're planning on venturing out into other things. Who knows? We'll get into that. Don't worry about that. We'll do more already. Oh, okay. All right. We'll get more into that. And I think a... Uh, what? You're in the past, buddy. Yeah. I'm familiarizing myself. Relax there. Okay. And then uh, our one of our special guests... Um, I don't even know where to begin, but Mister, <laughs> <laughs> the the man of the hour, really the the gentleman that um, we reached out to, and Rory, Rory Drift, is that what we're going by, or just uh, Rory? Just Rory. Just Rory. Rory was taken on Instagram, so. Ah, uh, okay. All Rory right. Drift, I guess, gives you some like identity of where I'm going for. Nice, nice. And then, of course, we have myself and my brother. Over here. Oh, there we go. Okay, he's gonna whisper in my ear when he has a question. Uh, anyways, so you, you made the trek down from parts unknown, I think Mexico or actually where you live in Yugoslavia or something. Yeah, uh, and uh, we appreciate you coming here. It's been a crazy amount of weather, so it took you a little longer. But let's just start off. My first question is the name Rory. Where did that come from, or is that something uh, you can even reveal? Yeah, so. Originally, I would say like maybe 15 years ago, I was thinking I might make a Ferrari drift car. Oh, I did not and, see that one. Yeah, and then that that would have made even more sense. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought that sounded like a cool name. And then, of course, I knew somebody named Rory uh, with an O, Rory. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways, that, that was really just the... Sort okay. of where it came from. Interesting, interesting. So, so maybe someday I'll do a Ferrari, but that'd know. be nice. Or maybe put the engine from a Ferrari into something. Right, that might be something in the future. So, those of you guys that aren't familiar with Rory, uh, Rory decided to do something that a lot of people that I've noticed, even on the other side of the country, are talking about, and we just hear all kinds of things. Who's this guy with this mask on, and why is he doing what he's doing? So, I guess my question to you is, um, why? Did you decide now to start with this build, and and what is the motivation behind the secretism? Yeah, um, so it, I guess it's just kind of a way I approach life in general. Is if I'm going to jump into something, I want to I want to get into it with the best chances of being successful. Mm -hmm. So whether it's like in marketing or in startups or anything I've done in the past. Um, I look at a high level and say, you know, what am I dealing with if I jump into this specific mm -hmm. industry or market or whatever? Um, so when I look at drifting industry and drifters in general, no one really stands out very much, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Uh, in the last year, I've gone to multiple events in like Oklahoma and Florida and Colorado mm -hmm. and just like seeing, you know, what is... What do the drivers look like when they're yeah. at events? Okay. Do they stand out? Are they marketable? And how can I stand out in that that arena? Interesting. Okay. Um, so, and and, if, and also, if you don't have tons and tons of money, if you're not like right. uh, like funded by your parents or something, mm -hmm. 
how are you going to get sponsorship, which you need in drifting to, yeah. to move anywhere yeah. uh, going forward? So um, it kind of just broke down to, you know, how can I stand out the most? Uh, do an awesome build, but that's what everybody tries to do. Yeah. And then yeah. how do you do in like an awesome build as a driver? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then how can you do that super fast with the least amount of funds? Mm-hmm. And so I, I think the anonymous aspect definitely makes me stand out yeah. on, on Instagram, on TikTok. I get... Tons of people already offering me free tires or free vinyl or free trailer. Somebody already offered. We're doing it wrong, Ben. We're doing it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Not only would it benefit the people that watch, but it would benefit our wallets too. I'm sorry. sorry. So go ahead. ahead. You should have all just been anonymous. This whole thing. Exactly. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Good job. (laughs) Yeah. So. uh, So yeah. So I have a few ideas on what I want to do as as a driver. um, On top of this whole anonymous thing. Uh, but I mean, the whole thing is really just to stand out. If I'm being realistic, you know, I, I saved 150,000, which I did over uh, basically the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to last forever. Like oh, a, a car course. build is extremely expensive. Running just a couple seasons, I mean, it all gets blown. Right. So what can I do within that time period to actually stand out, get people behind me, mm-hmm. build some trust, get a team? And then, of course, show off, you know, driving skill. I have to do that. So it's like a whole package I hope I can put together. Mm -hmm. Um, And, I mean, it's it's always a gamble if you're throwing money. But I'd rather invest in myself than, like... Oh, absolutely. Something else. Yeah. Let's have fun with it. Right. And one thing that that I think that's cool that you're doing is you're not... So a lot of people, especially nowadays, you go back 10, 15 years ago, which you've been around for a while, from what I understand... It was a whole different world. Now, now it's everybody's has these r- radical builds, even yeah. before they even know if they're going to go pro and what, uh, whatnot. But what I do admire you for doing is you're kind of laying laying everything out there. <laughs> I dropped my Picari sweat. <laughs> but um, is that you're laying it all out there so those that are interested. It gives them a glimpse because you're not just talking so much about the build. You're talking about the program. Um, you're actually giving them a really good example of how to market yourself as well. Because, in, in like you mentioned, you were going around to events and you're you're looking at, you're looking at it from a different perspective. A lot of people are looking. Okay, I got to drive the best. And it's really if you watch Formula Drift or any pro event, there are guys out there that don't podium that often that do it every year. Right. Right. So it's about marketing yourself. So I think that's cool. So is was that part of your original intent to be just like, okay, I'm going to just be in in, you know, an open door and make sure everybody can see what's going on? Yeah, for sure. Because I I also think that's something that in drifting is not as open as I I would expect it to be a lot more open than it is. But everybody is holding like secrets to themselves Mm -hmm. that. It's just like it's a barrier for other people to get into the series. If this, if I want to jump into a series, I want that series to be growing. Mm-hmm. And if people are talking trash about Formula Drift or anything else, it doesn't help drifting overall. Right. And on top of that, no one knows how to set up their car or what tire pressure or what to do on their dampers or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And because it's such a close held secret. So from the beginning, I wanted to be super open about it show every aspect every dollar i'm going to be breaking it down per events you know this is how much it cost me for this i saved money on this here's what i'm doing on ads here's what i'm doing to go to a meeting to Mm -hmm. talk with a sponsor 
I want it to be as open as possible so more people can see it as a possibility and see it's not the $1 million that people are trying to comment. Like, you, oh, you need $1 million just for one season. And it's like, no, yeah, that's, you guys that's, are so out of touch. Of, yeah. Yeah. So, like, you know, another thing too is, is I think a lot of people are jaded as well. And I don't know if Sean Love, you could probably, Sean, you could probably talk to this. Very often, drivers do kind of take somebody under the wing and they'll give them some kind of advice. And it's just like they listen to the guy that doesn't know anything. I've seen that a lot. Yeah. Um, so the fact that you're laying it out there and you're opening yourself for a whole lot of criticism. Oh, yeah. Right. And how has that been? I get definitely more love than hate. Okay. Um, I have so many DMs from people just like through Instagram and TikTok. TikTok I'm the biggest on right now. Okay. Um, and then in Discord, because I have a Discord community, just constantly thanking for already. I don't, I don't even think I gave that much value yet mm-hmm. um, in terms of information, but it's already getting people to asking me what car they should buy, what kind of coilovers, what kind of angle kit they should get, all these mm-hmm. things. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, so I mean, the response so far has is, is, is been fantastic, I think. And then, like I said, people are already offering me all this free stuff or to... right. I have, I don't know, 20 people want to be my mechanic. Well, yeah, <laughs> probably just to find out who you are. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, but Maybe. they'll be under NDA as well. Yeah, okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, It's been great so far. It's, yeah. it's been better than I thought. Okay. I thought I'd have way more hate. Okay. Um, but instead, I think it, I don't know, it's something, it's something new. Mm-hmm. And... I think it's exciting for people to feel like almost they're along for the journey since they don't know who I am. It's, right. They're kind of part of it. And when they're in the Discord community and, or talking to me in DMs, it's okay. It's like they're a part of the, the journey as well. Well, that's that's good. That, um, that has been a positive experience so far. And like you said, you haven't even really given as much as you're planning to give. So that's great for those people that are, are, are watching and are watching your career unfold. Have you? It's, let's kind of just dive into this um, a little bit. As far as it comes to, what is your plan to run a pro am licensing series? Is that something that you're going to attempt locally, or are you going to? Because I don't really know where you're from, but are you going to do that pro am licensing series in the area that you're staying? Uh, so I, I was debating between Oklahoma, Colorado, and Florida. Okay, and so that's why I went to those areas just to see. What they're doing, but also what's what's the competition like? Colorado right now is opening up their pro am, mm-hmm. so that should be really exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like there's a lot of drivers in the area who are going to travel to try to be in that pro am. Right. So it's going to be very competitive, but I think it might be really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but Florida is still on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's well, that's good. Um, as far as practice, have you? When's the last time you had a chance to practice at all? Uh, not where, not where, but just when, like, or how recently. Hmm. Well, so that's gonna I be have, something. I have right been here. in a few cars, but not at events. Okay, okay. So more street, street stuff. Okay, well, that's yeah. It doesn't matter, street, whatever, because especially with what you're trying to do and trying to maintain that um, the element of like, who are you and and what's the mystery? Yeah, the mystery behind uh, the mask. It's going to be, I find it, that's going to be a challenge for you. Yep. How are you going to overcome that? Like in terms of driving ability? No, no. Well, driving ability, I, I, that I'm not too concerned about. But what I'm saying is that how are you going to get that seat time 
because uh, everybody's gonna be all over you. As soon as you show up at a, if just, oh, yeah. the first licensing event you show at up at, everybody's gonna be all over you trying to figure out who you are, and you're gonna really have to have a good crew because, uh, from what I understand, you're I mean at least what I would think, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're gonna have to isolate yourself and basically just come out of that trailer, drive, and go back in the trailer. Otherwise, you're gonna be freaking swarmed. <laughs> well, that's have, you, have you thought about that? But Tim, that that's <laughs> why yeah. he has Sean Love. And that's Sean what Love that, is the that's, muscle. That's, He's going to do everything. I'll jump out the other side of the trailer when he goes to the other side. Yeah, we'll fake him out. Yeah, or just make everybody wear a mask on the team. <laughs> so we did think about that at one point. Oh, yeah, it was okay. like, yeah, all the mechanics are going to be wearing masks, too. They don't know who I am. Right. Who Thank do they you. shoot? Some body doubles. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. I just have body doubles. Uh, that's actually not a bad idea. Just have somebody that's sort of, you're just like walking around the events, popping up every now and then. Like, oh, he's over there! Oh, he's over there! <laughs> right. You actually do a couple different drivers. Yeah, you actually. Yeah. Yeah. But but seriously though, like that, I could see. Do you have a plan for that? I'm not saying to divulge a plan, but do you? Mm-hmm. You've already kind of looked into it. I'm assuming, right? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a commitment to keep the mask on. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, as a driver, you can also have a helmet on. Mm-hmm. So I just close the visor and I can do many things and it's very hard to get the helmet off. Yeah, well, nowadays you can wear any kind of mask and, and go anywhere you want because of COVID, what that did for That's us. That's true. Yeah. Really, really. I mean, you could just show, you could wear sunglasses and, and, and nobody really really know. Yeah. Um, but I do know a certain event organizer that is going to start <laughs> requesting driver's license, which he's never done before. <laughs> it's uh, Chris Jackson. I was talking to him. He's like, "Why? Well, you know, like, well, he's got to show his license." I'm like, well, like, "I was like, do you really ask people? Never asked for you never one. asked us for a license before. Well, it's insurance, you know, and it's liability. Like he went his, right. this whole spiel. How are you gonna? Because that so stay away from Chris Jackson. Yeah, stay away from Chris Jackson. No. Right. But, but what I'm saying is um, that so that could be. I'm, I'm not saying like legally it could be a liability if you're signing Rory. Is that something? You think that, well, maybe just go somewhere that say, listen, don't worry about it. Come and drive. That, that's probably where we're going to end That's up. why he has those other options like Colorado and Oklahoma. There you go. There you go. I'm just yeah. giving you a warning. I mean, as far, as, I've, as, far as I've seen in rules, unless they change rules, I mm-hmm. don't have to divulge my identity okay. to be in those. So if Chris is changing that, then maybe yeah. I won't be in Florida. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> just, just giving you a heads up. Just giving you a heads up. <laughs> Chelsea used to drive at Hialeah with a fake ID, right? Yeah. <laughs> you could put any name down and just say they don't. It's, but anyways, whatever. You know, we'll figure it out. I'll find some place to go. Yeah. Mainly, I just want to drive. It's I haven't done a competition in a while. So um, first season is just going to be, you know, learn the car, uh, you know, just just get worked into all that. I'm not really putting too much on myself to get, mm-hmm. you know, first place. Right. Um, it'd be great if that ends up happening, but, uh, right. It's a brand new car. It is a little bit untested. Well, it's very untested. Yeah. Yeah. And so first season, I'm just going to do a lot of learning. Okay. So what is your, do you have a goal like GoPro in two seasons, three seasons, or just make the attempt and see what happens? Well, I'm kind of. I have to set myself some sort of deadline right. because there is funds involved, and mm-hmm. those those do trickle or slowly go away. Mm-hmm. Um, so three years is is my goal. So that's either two pro ams or a pro am and two prospects, mm-hmm. um, optimally. And that's on my own dime. If I get sponsors, right, then that Which could extend. You know, seems like the that runway. won't be a problem. I think you'll you'll have that. So far, it's been really great response. Well, that's I, good. I, I've been amazed. Okay, so we got 
kind of that out of the way, next thing I want to talk about is the build. You didn't choose a typical build. You choose a Mercedes. Right. Um, so kind of go into the build. And then, of course, I want um, uh, Sean to weigh in on what you had to do. Because you don't make a kit for that, I'm assuming, correct? Nope. Okay. So tell us, Rory, tell us about your build first. Yeah. So what I chose is a Mercedes SL55 AMG. It's not really an AMG or anything anymore because I mm -hmm. ripped everything out of it. Um, but yeah, originally it's like 500 something horsepower. Okay. Uh, decided it probably wasn't enough or I didn't want to deal with the Mercedes electronics, which mm -hmm. were all totally dying in that car. Mm -hmm. uh, so I ripped everything out and put a Hellcat engine in it. And it's currently in the car. Um, actually, this week I should be wiring it off with like the Link ECU and the dash and all that. So hopefully it turns on. Fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, that, that should give us, you know, seven or 800 horsepower somewhat reliably. Uh, at least don't have too much to base that on besides all the takeover cars. All the takeover <laughs> <laughs> You saw it coming. I was about to say. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. run over people all the time. Right. And they do it very reliably. Uh, they just keep coming back. Yeah. No doors, no anything. Yeah. That's good. We got the crate at the shop. We're trying to figure out how many people this thing ran over before. <laughs> before you you know, the there's shop. some hair underneath here. What is that? <laughs> Under the oil pan. Is that pan. a piece of a scalp? There's <laughs> <laughs> an eyeball. Oh, my God. Oh, man. But yeah, I'm really, I mean, for Pro-Am, it's, it's overkill. Um, I mean, realistically, probably should just do like a 370Z with coils and cage it and do Pro-Am. Yeah, no, don't do that. Uh, but that, I mean, that's what common wisdom would say to do. Um, instead of, you know, doing a full one-off build, but I actually don't see it as too, it's not because I've been involved in building cars in the past. It doesn't feel like that big of a, a step to just throw a different engine in a car. And then no. it's already got coils from VVK, which is Sean's company. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're going to make custom control arms on it, you know, custom drive shaft. Mm -hmm. All these things are just simple in my mind, um, uh, which might sound like a big task for other people, but. They're so in the end, it was just builds. like, yeah. right, it was just like, what's a cool car I could do? Yeah. Cost all the custom parts is, is it is nowadays is a normal part of the build. Yeah, right. The thing, about nowadays, the thing about nowadays is everybody's like just following a formula, right? So three, yeah, you're right. 350Z, um, you know, just basic, throw an LS in it. I mean, that's right. what they're following. So and then you're the, kind of going completely against the grain. Yeah. And then the problem is you look like everybody else. And yeah. if you're trying to be a sponsor, like why would a sponsor anything on your car give you anything if you just look like the crowd right so yeah, it just goes along with the whole thing i was saying earlier just how can i stand out on every aspect right and you had the car already or it was just something that you looked you like i'd like to build that i bought the car uh i don't what? know six seven eight years ago mm -hmm. and it just kind of sat there oh okay and i didn't do anything with it because multiple things broke on it mm -hmm. uh, replaced the engine replaced the transmission on it like it's just it's a total money pit if right. you want to keep it all with actual Mercedes stuff. Um, so I bought the wide body kit back then, and then I just kind of been sitting on it. And I was like, okay, I'll use it at some point. Mm -hmm. And so it was just, I had it around. I think it looks cool. I think it'll be a nice car. Yeah. It's very, it's very overbuilt. We found like removing <laughs> stuff from oh, this really? car. Okay. Oh, man. Is it heavy? It is super heavy. Yeah. But we've removed so much weight. Because um, it's a convertible, but a hardtop convertible. Oh, okay. Right. All right. So it's fully reinforced everything. So I think it'll be a nice car. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes a pretty sick. There's one thing about Mercedes. They make them pretty sick body kits for those. 
yeah. pretty regressive. Anyways, so Sean, what have you had to do? Have you tackled the angle kit yet, or is that something that's in the process? No, that's something that's in the works. Um, actually, looking to try out something a uh, little bit novel um, for this. Using, you know, most of uh, your European cars probably in the last twenty years um, use a dual pivot front suspension. So anything like um, BMW 5 Series has had that for, oh God, since like 84 or something. Okay. Um, so like on the front of an E90 where you've got two lower control arms. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a similar setup on that. But rather than eliminating uh, the dual pivot, it becomes uh, problematic when you're getting to big steering angles. But um, there's something we're going to try on that that uh, is going to retain the dual pivot system. But um, I don't know. It'll be interesting for is, sure. Is it a front? rack or is it a rear rack it's a front rack okay so, that's good yeah i much prefer to deal with yeah. that as well even if it was rear rack probably change it to front it's rack front, anyway because yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just not worth uh dealing with the compromises of a rear rack setup mm-hmm. you know you see um i think the whole industry is going that way now yeah just putting the rack in front no matter what because what it really comes down to is you're always going to have more you're always going to want more angle on your lead wheel Mm-hmm. So um, when you have a rear rack, it's just so much earlier that the uh, the steering system overcenters. Okay. So yeah, front rack is always better. Yeah, yeah. But but, I can't wait to, uh, you know, my first car the E30 I was in a Wise Fab. I mean that was, you know, way a long time ago. Yeah. And then uh, you know I picked up the, the SLR kit, so I have yet to drift it. But I'm hoping soon. <laughs> you know, that's your bills are almost as bad as mine. <laughs> I've got cars in the shop I haven't yeah, driven for yeah. like eight years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I, I'm looking forward to um, testing. I'm, I'm probably have to t- contact you to just pick your brain on settings. But anyways, enough about that. Um, so you're doing your, you got this build, you got this car, you're building it, and what was the engine that you chose? Uh, Hellcat. Hellcat. And then how is that going to fit in there? Isn't that that's a pretty big motor, isn't it? It's a big motor, but I mean the car itself also had a V8 supercharger. Oh, okay, that's a good point. Um, I mean, we definitely had to make some modifications right up to the rule book uh-huh. to fit this thing in the back. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, but it's it sits quite a bit back behind the cross member okay. or the subframe there, so it's it should be pretty nice. Okay, I think. now as far as when it comes to tech, right? So you, we know that. There are different tech requirements for Pro-Am versus the Pro. Right. When, just let's say, okay, year one, you're getting in the groove. And it, do you Sorry. need, no, it's okay. <laughs> oh, I've got to say goodnight to the kids. Oh, go for it, go for it. Do a quick cut. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, pause it. Yeah, absolutely do it. No, 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 no. Hey, tell you, listen, I got, we got kids. We got kids. No worries. <laughs> like you said earlier, we're old. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't have any kids, huh? Kids aren't out of the nest yet. My well, my daughter's seventeen. My son is twenty six. Yeah. So yeah, I'm hey. old, man. I started young. Sorry, we're <laughs> we're in like mid podcast, so uh, we we paused it real quick. But okay. this is good. Actually, that that was the boot the booty sweat was really good. <laughs> that was good. Yeah, I like those green teeth a lot. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna try it next. Well, I got a little. I mean, too bad you can't. I thought you had a hole in your. <laughs> That'll I, look a little weird, just a, a circle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what is this? A gimp mask? Oh, mm. <laughs> That's how I'm going to stand out in advance. Sound <laughs> <laughs> the phone. Sorry. Oh, okay, sorry. Sorry, we're getting loud. Sorry, we were getting loud. Always happens. All right, so I'm just going to basically ask him what engine he chose, and then we 
I don't know. Yeah. Or just keep going, right? Yeah, we can keep All right. going. So you, you chose a Hellcat engine, and it's tight fit in there. So my, my, actually, my question that I was on was the changes in the rule book going from pro-spec to pro. Say, for instance, if you first season, like you said, you're really just getting back into the groove of things, and hopefully the second season, hopefully you're able to get that license. So now say... You got your license. Second season, we're ahead of schedule a little bit because you had you said three years initially. But three now, years to pro. Three right. three years to pro. So now your third right. season, do you? I mean, what do you have to do to that car? Is that car going to be able to just transition into pro? Or I don't really understand the process of that. No. So so the idea is to make a pro spec car, mm-hmm. get the pro license in three years, mm-hmm. but not be in a pro series. Okay. Oh, okay. I see right. what you're saying. Right. So then. If you know we get to that part of the, of the, you know the whole journey, mm-hmm. probably have to do a bunch of changes in the yeah. pro time. And you would try to? Do you think you would try to keep the same car? Depends. I mean, we'll see how it feels. Right. It's kind of hard to tell right now. It might just be you know a really great car, and mm-hmm. then I just want to stick with it. And also, I'm building a sidecar right now too, just in case I have something that, you know, puts a you know, right. hurdle in the road. In the okay. road. That's smart. So we'll have something for pro am at least. Mm-hmm. Has anybody else built that car? Uh, so I've heard there's two different people who have built this car before. One, the first guy who did it was in Bulgaria or Romania. It's like it's a Bulgarian guy in Romania. Mm-hmm. And he he did a wide body SL55 or I think it was it was some version of the R230 uh, platform and it looks pretty cool and he's doing it in competition in Poland. Okay. Uh, or Romania. And then there's some other guy, I think his name's Will, and I never heard of him until I started getting all the comments on Instagram, and I check his page out, and I'm already blocked. So, so this, so this, oh, wow. It really? So this guy doesn't like me. Wow. And I just a, keep getting, was... I keep getting screenshots from people sending to me, Will said this about you, Will said that about you. I was like, I don't even know who this guy is. Is he in the States? Yeah, he's, I don't know, probably California or something. Huh, interesting. Salty already. Yeah. <laughs> but he's talking about me on his Instagram, and I guess That's he has true. some sort of following. The, yeah, publicity. any publicity is good publicity, and I'm yeah. sure you know that. Yeah. Um, okay, so. But yeah. as far as I know, he's maybe the only one in the U.S., and that other guy's the only one in uh, Europe. Okay. Okay. Um, so when you get the build, my other question is, do you have somebody that is going to, tandem with you like so I, I some drivers they'll have somebody that basically like a practice buddy almost like like in boxing right you have a sparring partner right do you have somebody that's you think you can line up as a sparring partner for you i guess there'd be a few people uh, <laughs> but i was just i was just about to start pointing over here yeah. he's got a built car already a few cars already <laughs> <laughs> so uh probably most do likely. some street yeah. stuff and find some r- road Harry's horses. building a car, too. Harry, Harry who? Tervola. Ah, okay. He's building a car. So if you're, I don't know. He just got, he's having a baby now. You saw that? No. Sean, no. <laughs> oh, you, you saw it, right? Yeah, you know. I haven't copped up on that much. Honestly. Really? I, I just, every once in a while, I see him pop up on my screen. I was like, he's having a baby. This guy's doing it all over again. Good for him. And he's wow, building a like, new car And now. he's building a car and a baby at the same time. He has like, two builds. <laughs> build a car, build a baby. Yeah, build a car, build a baby. <laughs> uh, Mr. Uh, I hate American engines. Drive, oh, drives a Corvette now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yes, yeah. 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 What can you do? 
All right. So competition experience in the past. Um, hopefully you have some and you're going to be able to use utilize that. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how you train. I'm really going to be. I don't know. I don't know how mm. to see how people are going to react to you once you get to the track. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if it's any indicator from online, I think it's going to be fine. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I think there'll just be a lot of people who want to talk mm-hmm. or say, hey, I know I see you in person. Right. right. Uh, which is cool. I, I look forward to it. Nice. Um, hmm. So my other question I had was as far as choosing the, the Mercedes, um, and you said you have another car on the side. What is the other car on the side? So I haven't really released what it is. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. But come on, Tim. I could give well, some I, hints. I'm supposed to know that. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I was actually thinking maybe I'd just tell everybody on this on this podcast. It's made out of metal. Has four wheels. <laughs> it's made out of metal. Has four wheels. Maybe you guys could guess it. Mid engine. Mid engine. Oh, okay. Uh, two seat. It's two seats. No. Nice. <laughs> well, you take an MR2 now. That's is oh. it. <laughs> you're gonna, gonna be yeah. Are gonna explode. Yeah. 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 If you say anything Toyota that you're gonna drift, I mean, he's gonna. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, not a Toyota. Uh, very okay, unconventional rear suspension. Very unconventional. <laughs> um, and we're gonna put a motorcycle engine in it. Oh yeah, you're just that. Yeah, let's not take the easy route. <laughs> We're gonna make our sidecar. Our yeah, our side chicks definitely more complicated than our main chick. Yeah. So, I, so there's I a said it. There, there's a video that's gonna come out in the next part on Instagram, uh, where I'm like, I took everybody's feedback, and I basically threw it out the window. I bought this thing instead. <laughs> um, so, so we'll just leave it for that then. What's that? We'll leave it for the Instagram. Yeah, yeah leave we'll it for leave the Instagram. it for that. It depends on when this comes out. This is going to come on Friday. On Friday, yeah. yeah. I think it'll come out before that. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. So it's a, it's a smart car. Oh, my God. With a Hayabusa turbo engine oh. built. 400 and 450 horsepower. I like this. The wheelbase. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's pretty nuts. Yeah, okay. Well, we'll just... I'll just uh, we picked it up in Miami the other day, and uh, that thing feels like it's going to endo in, on the highway. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to work out, but it's it didn't. Well, was, so it's another Mercedes. You well, got another Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy that was drifting uh, Starlet in in uh, Japan. Oh yeah, that's true. That's not too much bigger. Uh, yeah, well, let, good luck with that. Yeah, I just <laughs> <laughs> the this idea is to go from wheelie to stoppy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some videos people put Hayabusa's and they do wheelies. No, that's a serious. You throw that motor in there, it's, it's it looks like a good time. You're gonna yeah. get a barrel, yeah. <laughs> right? Like I already had the engine built and turboed, and it was ready. I was gonna put it in a go kart mm-hmm. to have just a cool like mess around thing. Mm-hmm. And then we were just looking the other day, and I didn't realize smart cars are rear wheel drive. So I was like, ah, fine, I'll just go buy one of those. Yeah, I didn't realize they were rear wheel drive. Yeah. I, I thought they were front wheel yeah. drive. Yeah, it's my fault. Yeah, he, he's like, <laughs> we were sitting on his couch, yeah. and he's like. They're rear wheel drive. Yeah, he's like, not oh, too bad. They're front wheel drive. I'm like, no, they're they rear drive. And I was like, we're gonna buy one right now. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, stop, stop. This whoa, is a bad whoa, idea. Yeah, and yeah, then, so. like, less than twelve hours later, I had a smart car. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was thinking about buying a smart car instead of a golf cart, just because it's cheaper. Right. And you get a smart car, and you have AC. If you need to leave the track, you can. Right. I mean, it, basically. Yeah, but down here, don't they let you drive golf carts all over the roads wherever you want? <laughs> uh, you do, but I wouldn't. Not around, well. Yeah, people do it around here. I think it's hilarious. So like you can't bring in a skyline, but you can drive a golf cart <laughs> <laughs> all over South Florida. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, the windshields are thicker on the golf cart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never actually never even thought about that. That's a good point. Hmm. 
Yeah, it is. You well, can, yeah. you can but, register a Razor or mm-hmm. a Polaris or whatever, but you can't buy a Skyline. Right. Um, so have you, what would you say in your drifting career has probably, has been your most, uh, your favorite track? Because you've, you've been all across the world. <sighs> this is always a deep thinker. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I, I drove Florida mostly, so. Um, yeah, put a pin in it. I don't know. PBIR was fun. Back, was. back when it was Moroso and you could do huh? the back backtrack. Ibisu? Yeah. We, uh, we, did, we went to Ebisu. Yeah, that's true. So we'll go with that. Ebisu was nice. Yeah. Did the jump before they made it into a uh, dirt track. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. Rental car, four-wheel drive, uh, Corolla, (laughs) something. (laughs) Got every ounce of speed we could. We got a lot of luck. towards the jump and pretending to be Daigo. (laughs) 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 As soon as the weight comes down, it just understeers. I'm sure sure they're used to that. I'm sure they're used to that. Uh, But I do actually, I want to thank Sean for bringing us these um, drinks from Japan. I appreciate that. I don't know if you brought them from Japan or you ordered them, whatever. They are from Japan, booty sweat, party sweat. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's what that means. Uh, okay, so you, you got a sidecar that, I, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna literally a sidecar. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll put the engine in, and if it feels good, I'll continue with it and go through a whole build. But if I put it in and it just it doesn't feel right, mm-hmm. I'll uh, I'll just buy like a 350 or 370. Okay. You can buy them already with coils and angle. Yeah, and just put a cage in it, and you'd be under 10k. And yeah. that's my like like baseline backup. And there, I can do that within like a month. There's a lot of builds out there right now that I'm sure good if you sh- yeah, it's a good market right now. Right. Because I've seen some pretty decent builds that you can just you're ready to go. You just throw it buy it and, and go off. And of course you have to yeah. clean up somebody else's mess. But um but yeah, there's it's a good market out there right now, I think. A lot of stuff is just not selling. Right. I don't know if that's due to Christmas or whatever. So what's the next step for you? Uh, finish the Mercedes ASAP. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I had to throw a wrench in and put the smart car. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I need to get that thing finished as soon as possible. Get some seat time. See how it feels. I mean, there's, there's going to be things we need to fix. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just get ready and then determine after that where I'm going to go, what state. Okay. Now, I noticed you bought a sim rig. Looked like a pretty nice sim rig. You got like a whole right. little closet set up for you, so you just get in the zone. When yeah, you right in my bathroom. Yeah, yeah, right in there, right? <laughs> <laughs> you can do, accomplish two things at one time. Exactly. But, you just jump <laughs> between two seats. Uh, so my question is, is a Wait, sim rig new to you, things? or have you been on a sim rig for a while already? I've never been on a sim rig. So how was it? Uh, I, it, was, it was a bit of a learning curve because you're definitely missing so many aspects in a real core. Mm-hmm. I don't get the weight shift. I didn't know how to... I have to actually visually look at when it breaks, what mm-hmm. it's doing, like on the screen, which was very strange. Never driving a sim, mm-hmm. um, but then I think you know, forty-five minutes in, and it, you start to get it, right? Um, and then I guess people were telling me I was using the wrong car in the video, so now I got different cars, and I think they feel the same, <laughs> just just with yeah. more grip. Yeah, Ben, you do a lot of the sim rig stuff, actually. You want a good trainer on the sim. I mean, you can find him online, and he helps a lot of drivers out there. Christian Catron, you've kind of yeah. helped help uh, those guys when they're on the drifting on the webs yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, nice. I yeah. kind of share, like, his sentiment with a lot of the cars. In many ways, a lot of them kind of, like, feel the same. It's just kind of – but, again, I have a different setup, and 
a lot of the stuff that many people say doesn't apply because of the way <coughs> I'm running uh, my setup. But for the most part, like, yeah, there's different levels of grip and different sort of little like tricks to get around the, to get the car to do certain things. But it's relatively the same as far as from what I've seen. But yeah. Yeah. Like crazy. I was using, I guess, called gravy garage cars. Mm-hmm. And definitely in that car, it feels like you're you're always sideways. Like it feels like you're drifting. Um, so I thought that was maybe the right car to go with. But then everybody says, no, you have to use a VDC car which is some virtual drifting championship cars. Those are a thousand something horsepower and they have tons of grip and it, it feels fine after like 10 minutes, but it's, you're just doing a burnout. You're hmm. it just like, at least for me, it was a mind shift of don't try to go sideways. Think 45 degree burnout. And no. then everything just clicks. And then you could just link all the courses. So I didn't think it was that big of a difference. Um, so at some videos in the future, I have to show that car or driving those cars. Yeah, because Gabriel said the same thing. He said he should be fine using the Gravy Garage uh, cars because Gabriel does a lot of uh, of driving in the sim as well, but driving in real life. And he's like, the Gravy Garage cars feel like more like a real car. He said the VDC cars, you're just playing the game now. You're just those cars are for competition in the game. He right. said those those teach you bad habits. He's completely against. He thinks he should stay on the gravy garage, but he's like, I see all these guys telling him not to. It's like, no, if he wants to be closer to real life, he should stay on the gravy garage. So that was one thing Gabriel wanted me to make sure he mentioned. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like originally, people. <laughs> yeah. That's what a lot of people seem to say about um, these pro level cars these days that are really super gripped up. And there's um, that sort of theory to bring it back more towards the fun drifting, 300 treadwear tires, 235, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Adam and. Right. Um, other guys have started to uh, do some series like that. Well, yeah. I guess the, the uh, LZ World Tour, yeah. I think, is a 235, uh, 300 treadwear tire. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I've heard that these, I, I haven't had the chance to drive any one of these like super crazy, gripped up, really pro level cars these days, right. but I've heard that they're really a chore to drive and not really that enjoyable. Yeah, Chelsea yeah. talks about that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, we've had Pat Gooden on and he's mentioned that how undrivable it is. And yeah. I mean, there's really no way to describe it. And we try to kind of like, we asked him like, what if you were to put the tires in the setup on like a Toyota Yaris, for instance? What is, <laughs> what, it, what else? I mean, I was trying like to sort of like find some way, some common ground to get some sort of uh, relatable sort of explanation of how would, you know, you know, to get a sense of it. But there's really no way. I guess you would have to, Go to the extent, and I'm guessing Rari's going to probably go to that extent of trying to find out. It's like, oh, this is the extent of the bill they have to you know, put up in order to be able to compete with these uh, cars. Yeah, because there's a whole different ball game now than it was right. back in the day. Everybody's more grip, more grip, more grip. And, and honestly, I think a lot of the guys are shooting themselves at a foot. Um, oh, but, yeah. That, yeah. That's how those VDC cars feel in Assetto. It's just you're balancing on grip going 45 degrees in my mind and if you just go a little bit off you're it's gone so you just have to be comfortable in that little pocket and it, it's not as fun as the gravy garage car that actually feels like a real car okay to me um but a bunch of people have different opinions i guess who are using Assetto a lot those are the people that play the game those people that play the game yeah <laughs> right yeah. yeah but my my thing about my setup is that and i don't know if Maybe you do it, but one of the things that I do is that I purposely set it up different so that way then I 
make the distinction of like this is a sim simulator and not like real life because whenever i try to sort of apply any sort of like real life methods onto the simulator it's just not doesn't work out mm. and then it's a constant battle of me and frustration of me trying to apply that and it not functioning that i'm just like i, I need to sh you know i want to shut it off so Right. To make the distinction of saying like, hey, like set it up different so that way then I distinguish them both and then I don't run the risk of it affecting the way how I drive in the simulator and how I drive in, in real life. So right. do you find yourself doing anything like that or are you just trying to sort of figure it out along the way? Um, I think the handwork in Assetto translates over quite nicely to a real car. I don't think uh, any of the footwork really feels correct. And I have like the, I don't know, whatever this force stuff you stick into the pedals and it's supposed to make it feel more like a real brake and a real gas pedal. I don't think those feel correct. So, I mean, I don't know. I, can, I feel like I can disconnect between the game and, and a real core. Um, well, it's that physical feedback that you are used to, right? Right. You know, a lot of the kids that start drifting on the sims they don't have to it's like an old dog learning new tricks right it's like it, they don't have to fight that old like this doesn't feel right this doesn't feel right because they don't really know what feels right right they they do some stuff they get some basic hand movements down some muscle memory muscle memory and they take that and they can translate it into the track but i do find a lot of guys that have a lot of experience driving before the sim I don't. I I get. I get nauseous. I, I'm. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's definitely a learning curve. Uh, I've just been forcing myself to do it because it's like I have access to it every day. It's like mm -hmm. I said, it's in my bathroom. Yeah. So I can just. It's like, well, if it's here and I bought it, I better use the hell out of this thing, mm -hmm. and at least get something from it. And I, like I said, I think the handwork does transfer over. But there's like a saying in the sim community is that people keep telling me is that if you started at sim, it translates to a real car. If you started from a real car, sim is going to be horrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I could definitely see it because you're just missing so much feedback. We've asked a lot of people. I mean, we almost ask everybody that comes on. And when we asked Asbo why or how he uses utilizes it is basically uh, he said that he just he, if he gets on it, he'll get on it. And only do like two or three laps because it's exactly how he has to perform in real life. So he uses that aspect. So he hops on it. He doesn't put like 300 laps or 100 laps. He just hops on it, does two or three laps, try to do the best run he can do, and then hops off of it. Huh. That's an interesting way. Yeah, he, he, he has some amazing videos in sim on mm -hmm. Instagram. He's, yeah. he's, he seems like a sim driver. Yeah. If he's only doing it for a couple laps, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's it, well, he's like he's trying to train himself to translate that over to what the real world is. You know, he said you can't just like you said can't just do endless laps in an event. A lot of times, you well now I think they get a little more practice. But a lot of times you get a couple laps and you're qualifying, right? Right. So you don't really have much time. Actually, I want to start moving on to like some current events as far as drifting. But before I do, I just I got a, I got a little um, gift for you. I guess you could say, and this might may reveal to some people the kind of man he is. So you guys don't know about this. Oh, okay. So so I got you something. <laughs> All right. Sean knows about it a little bit. I had to pick his brain about something. So, what kind of man is Rory? Right? What kind of, what kind of man is Rory? What what does Rory drink? 
you know, when he goes out on, on the club and stuff. Uh, so, so, you know, I figure, you know, you're, you're building drift cars and stuff like that. So if you're in the drift cars, you're in the dinosaurs. So because dinosaurs are cool. So I got you Jurassic Park Cup. Um, I know you don't have a hole in your mouth, so you're not going to be able to drink it. So it kind of defeats the purpose. But I thought dinosaurs drifting kind of go hand in hand in my book. Well, oil. Yeah. Yeah. That's All where right. the oil's from. You're burning that, right? They're, they're, they're powering. So does Rory drink protein shakes? Huh. Or <laughs> is Rory a twisted tea kind of guy? Oh, is he a twisted tea? Or oh, like a I hate good? twisted tea. Oh, okay. Oh, so oh, that's tea. white words. Oh, that's <laughs> white words. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't tell Patrick. Okay. Or is is Rory a white claw kind of guy? I've had maybe one. Maybe one. Okay, so he's not a white claw kind of guy. So we're kind of we're getting the general theme here. We're trying to find out who <laughs> he's this a person. Sweat. He's a Bakari sweat. A blue sweat. Oh is yeah. He, is he uh, a Modelo kind of guy? Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay, so we're, we're getting to see the progression there. Right? <laughs> so, uh, let me see here. I got this for you, Paul. This is hard Arizona. I figured okay. you would like that. Um, and I couldn't find what I was told you really like because I don't know if they make it anymore. Are you a Guinness kind of guy? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, you Lots guys. Lots of Guinness. You could tell a lot by a man by his drink. Right. So, he's a Guinness stout kind of man. That's right. Ladies. And Murphy's is really good. I, too. I couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. I went everywhere. I went to Total Wine. They didn't have it. I'm like, you guys. Yeah. So I don't know where the heck you find it. Only at like Irish pubs. In Ireland, probably now. Uh, in Europe. Yeah, yeah. Well, that wasn't fair, Sean. So I'm like, what's yeah, I haven't fi- found it at Total Wine. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I haven't found it anywhere. So anyhow, so this is gonna be a present for you. You could take that uh, appreciate home. Appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. You got it. And um. All right, so <laughs> you drink it in your I can drink it. Oh, I can do it. <laughs> yeah. I My little you. sippy cup. Yeah, there you go. Mask is its own bottle open. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, if you really want it, I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, it's, it's up to you. What's this straw? I, that straw was gonna. I was gonna pour that in there. Or you you can, can try it. You want to try? Okay. Yeah, let's, let's try it. Open it for you. Okay. <laughs> See here. What the hell is this? Like a, like a condom for the straw? That's what. That's what wedding rings are good for. <laughs> if you never use a wedding ring for. Uh, oh, is that what you just did? Yeah. Sean, you know about that, right? He's trying to look. This man loves his Guinness. Oh, yeah. There you go. It, comes, it comes in fuzzy. It comes in fuzzy. It's Fizzy. filtered. It's filtered. It's filtered. Ah. That's a good sound, right? <laughs> <laughs> Through the microphone. All right. Now that we're kind of loosening up here. and uh, here, you want I'll mix one? the Guinness with the protein shake. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know. Uh, that was for Ben. Okay, so now we're starting to loosen up. He got a little Guinness flowing in the veins. Things are good. Life is good right now. Now we're going to get into current events as far as drifting. My question to you, back in the day, Formula Drift was the premier series. Everybody wants to go pro. You got to go through the Pro-Am series. Back when I was trying to do it, I was going through Streetwise Drift. Driving all over the world, or not? Well, it felt like it, right? It felt like it because you're going all over the world. North Carolina, all over the world. It, is, the a, world. it is a whole other world. world, that's for sure. Yeah, that's what you're in Florida, right? My point is, is, is um, you have what we didn't have back then is the birth of like these Adam LZ events, these um, exhibitions. What is your take on the formula drift? Because it's kind of been the same for almost 20 years now, right? 20 years are going on? Yeah. To now, these these LMLZ events, these different um, little clutch kickers for Fuel one. Fuel Fest. Fuel Fest, right? All these, like, exhibition events. 
LS Fest, right? You find some drivers now that aren't even really caring about going pro. They're kind of just going to do these um, events. What do you think? I think it's all good for the for the uh, for the community. Mm-hmm. I, I like all of these leagues. Okay. Formula Drift definitely has the biggest name recognition in the U.S. at least. Um, so those are just my first inclination to go mm-hmm. into that direction. Right. Uh, if I want to drive with the best drivers, right? I, I want to progress as a as a driver. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's still the best place to go currently. Mm-hmm. But I am completely open in, to taking part in other series. Yeah, because I could see kind of the avenue that you're going down, where you you're marketing yourself in a way that is going to be I could see in demand in one of these events. I could see you getting invitations to these Adam Invitationals, these exp- exhibition matches where that could deter you. Maybe it's, it's taking so much of your time you're doing all these events because people want to bring in Rari, right? They want to bring in bring him in because people want to see you in person and and all that. Have you thought about that in the future, like you may have to choose between those two because you can only drive so many events. Like you said, you have to always have so much money. Have you thought about that? Yeah, I mean, if I'm only on my own dime, I'm going to continue on this path forward. But mm-hmm. if another opportunity pops up, okay, um, I'll definitely, you know, yeah. I'll take it into account. Right. Um, right. But yeah, I just want to drive mm-hmm. overall. That's that's the main right. dream is just to you know go out there drive with some of the best drivers. Yeah. If not the best, and uh, have fun. Yeah. Now, I this is a hypothetical. I guess you can say. Um, but it's based on rumors that a certain series that's pretty well known throughout Europe may be extending themselves over to other parts of the world. That series being uh, Driftmasters. And obviously, you've mentioned already that you want to drive with some of the best. And if, let's say, they do make the announcement that they will branch out over to the States will i mean obviously then that could weigh heavily now like tim was saying on where your path is going to go because you could still continue on with the path that it takes you with formula drift but if let's say for instance in the whole grand scheme of things of the sort of the announcement taking place and again the hypothetical of then all of a sudden the driver's these drivers are you you were looking forward to to driving with they now go towards this other series are you going to follow along or do you still want to maintain that same route i'm definitely not locked in to any series at this point um if something just pops up and it sounds like that's that's the new thing right i might you know shift gears a little bit towards that Drift Masters, I've been following a lot, at least in the last year. Those guys are incredible. Yes. Amazing drivers. I would love to see them head to head against Formula Drift drivers and see who are the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like there's so much talent on their series. It would be pretty hard to pass up if you know something were to happen. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Formula Drift still is the premier premier yeah. in the u.s and i'm in the u.s so um that's definitely still the goal the main goal right now yeah yeah i, I mean that's smart and, and it kind of reminds me of like when ufc at ufc and pride 
it's almost seems like what that might come down to, right? You have right. these two uh, drift masters is just, they have a lot of momentum right now. One thing that we were talking about, actually me and my brother were talking about uh, when it comes to drift masters and what also kind of makes it different from formula drift mm-hmm. is I don't believe there's a licensing series for drift masters, right? I, I forgot to follow up on that. Yeah. I don't think there is. Do I don't know, know, but no. I mean, I'm actually not sure. Adam LZ just went over there and drove and didn't qualify. So true. You know, I don't know. So what we were talking about, and um, maybe you can give me your take on this, is that with Driftmasters coming over here, right, with Formula Drift, there is a structure to it, right? You have to run a Pro-Am, and then you get your license. You still have to petition once you get your Pro-Am license. Like, it's not a guaranteed in. Uh, but with Driftmasters, it's almost like it's a pay-to-play, is what my brother was saying the other day. It's pay-to-play. You're going to qualify everybody anyways. You're going to weed everybody on qualifying. So obviously, they have to pass tech. The cars have to pass tech. But basically, you just pay to play. Could that it could that put a wrench into Formula Drift when they come over here? You know, basically, anybody could just show up and drive as long as they have a car sure that can compete. Well, I don't. that's what I'm saying. I don't know. But that's how it is right now. Yeah, I think you do need to lower the barrier of entry. Um, even Pro-Am. I mean, Pro-Am is, there is a lot, it's kind of limitless in a lot of things. Like, mm-hmm. for example, the smart car would not work in Pro-Spec. Right. They won't let you. Right. It's got to be like 2,700 pounds, and the smart car is like 1,500 pounds. So I'd have to add ballast. <laughs> <laughs> but in Pro-Am, in Pro-Am, I could put a 1,000 horsepower smart car if I wanted. Yeah. And it's kind of like the unlimited class. Yeah. So I don't know. Um yeah, I mean, lowering the barrier of entry, I think, is a good idea, regardless. You want more people to get in the sport. If you right. want your series to grow, you need more people to want to you know, go through the funnel to get into mm-hmm. this, to eventually pro. Yeah, because Formula just seems like they made it so difficult now. You used to just run Pro-Am, and then you go Pro. Now you have Pro-Am, Pro-Spec, and then not only do you have to build a car for Pro-Spec, you, you, you get your from Pro-Spec, and you move to Pro, now you got to build the car again, or at least rebuild the car. Right. Yeah, 1,300 horsepower is no joke. <laughs> no. I think I see um, both sides of that to a certain degree. And it's something I've thought about for a long time. Uh, like, let's say you wanted to start a team. And let's say you were on the level of, like, you know, Penske, Andretti, and Ganassi, something like that. You're not going to hire somebody who can't drive your car. You know, you don't want your car stuffed in the first wall. Mm-hmm. So why have a licensing process for the driver? Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I think... It also um, it kind of maintains more of that grassroots level to a certain degree. The kind of keep drifting fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure, honestly, which one is better um, because I think I think uh, to involve more big big dollar sponsors, I think the let anybody come in and mm-hmm. uh, start a team, throw, show up with a you know a huge stacker trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, a handful of them, but that's not just going to happen overnight. And, mm-hmm. you know, both sides are growing. I don't really follow uh, Driftmasters that much. Right. So um, I don't know which, if that is, and then that, again, that's, you know, based on if that is the case that there is no licensing. Right. It's basically just, you know, hey, if you can get here and afford to do it, and obviously, mm-hmm. like you said, there's a qualifying process um, at each event. So I'm not sure how well that's working out for Driftmasters. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if they are. I kind of feel stupid at the moment for not no, knowing no, anything fine. about like so they are planning to expand into North America next year. Or yes, in the next yeah, actually, I don't, do you wow. have that post? 
I I don't have. Oh, that you don't post, have. But okay. I, this is all speculation, and there's I'm, a lot of speculation, right? Well, I don't know. well, kind of out of the loop to solve. How, how does keeping D1, up with day to day business? You how know? does D one right. currently do it for people to get into D one? That's a good question. That's, I, that's not a, I almost yeah, feel I like it's people D1. show up and they just qualify or they don't qualify. So, and here's another thing: like I understand the process of vetting drivers, right? You don't want to just give somebody pro license and compete that doesn't have the skill. So you use a vetting process. Pro, Pro-Am, Pro-Spec, by the time they get through Pro-Spec, they got their stuff together. Not only do they have their stuff together as a driver, but also they have a team. But at still, what percentage of Formula Drift Pro drivers are show up and drive, and what, you know, what percentage are actually guys that own their own car? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's still a lot of Formula Drift Pro drivers that they don't just, they're not driving somebody else's car, they're driving their own car and they're putting their own money into the car. Mm. You know, like RTR, right? Like Chelsea, he went from his BMW to just show up and drive. Right. That's a tremendous advantage as a driver than where he was in the BMW. So that's where with the Drift Masters, it's just basically you run with your brung and you pay to play. Let's see, we'll see what happens. Well, there's another example that. We're familiar with and clutch shakers yes. where no licensing series. Right. You just bring whatever you, you bring whatever you have. It worked out well. And then compete. So well, maybe not. There, is, not there is, you know, <laughs> that is an example to utilize to say like, hey, without a licensing series, this could work. You, it's just trying to see like having the, the, the qualifying, the judging criteria high enough to weed out the, you know, the weak links. Mm-hmm. Out of the competition, so that way, then you have like the best of the best going at it. Sure, there were oftentimes cases where it's like, how did he get into the competition? But that's right. for the battles to figure it out. Yeah, and you see a lot of people times they they bypass and they they petition their way in. We've seen that in the past. Well, I guess it can also kind of protect the smaller teams uh, to a certain degree because uh, you know if you're one of the top teams. You know, it's not a big deal if some guy comes in that's not that experienced and just, you know, goes right inside of your car mm-hmm. and your car is half totaled. Yeah. But if you're one of the smaller guys, like, you know, you, there aren't insurance policies right, you're that just pay you out $30,000 <laughs> to rebuild your car. Yeah. So, um, so the vetting process is important for sure. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, that's a really interesting discussion. It, it, and, and it's interesting now as the next seasons are starting to approach, as drifting is continuing to evolve. Drift Masters had that massive showing. That was sixty in Poland and what sixty thousand people? Fifty something thousand people show up and it was just like it got Formula Drift's attention. Now where Formula Drift, and we were mentioning this, it may or not may not be true. Formula Drift was like they set the bar with that event and Drift Masters now, it's almost like Formula Drift is like and, and I could be wrong, but you know, I've I've heard a couple you know rumors and things that maybe Ryan Sage said that is making them like okay, we got to do something different. So now, when I hear that, when I hear stuff like that, I'm thinking Formula Drift no longer is the the setting, setting the bar anymore. Now it's Drift Masters making the big guy Formula Drift being like okay, we got to do something. Right. I don't know. Yeah, they well, didn't I have to worry about it. Always anybody. good, huh? I think competition is always good, whether it's, yeah. you know, in a business and all well, it is a business either way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, when you see something somebody else is doing that's potentially better then you know, adjust your model and try and grow. Yeah. Pushes innovation, right? It pushes change. 
and adaption. So uh, I think I think it could be good. I thought I like the way Driftmasters kind of handles the competition, um, how they speed up everything. Yes. So if that causes Formula Drift to make the same changes, and and I think it's for the better good. So yeah. for sure, yeah. Like I, as long as it's not like a thing where Formula Drift's like Nokia. And Apple is the Like hopefully hopefully if there is a threat, they should be acting upon it ASAP, not, you know, ten years down the line. Right. Right. They're gonna make those changes, say, okay, we're gonna adapt. And like like you said though, that with drift matches coming in, it's going to push drifting into a new direction. We've long talked about the gravedigger effect, right? When monster trucks used to, when they first started doing monster trucks, it was more of a race. There was big and open field, and it would race. Not too many people watching. Made the track smaller, made the trucks a little crazier, put them in a stadium, and now what? Everyone wants to go see monster trucks. Right. Yeah, what was the series that was in Japan where they had, what was it, uh, Kazama? The Drift Muscle? The, the shows where they had the dirt bikes. And oh, the, Drift Extreme. Oh, Drift Extreme. Oh, oh, man. Okay. So we, we could talk a lot about this. Something and, uh, like that. Would be I kind of don't want to step on anybody's toes oh, okay. uh, in the conversation. Um, I don't know. I think everybody's got their business model, and I don't want to you know, tell anybody how they should be running their this thing because you don't know what's going on, on inside here. somebody's business. You know? <laughs> we step like, on toes here. We're fine. <laughs> no, I mean, you, don't, you just don't know what's going on behind closed doors, what people are trying to do. Um, but I definitely think the... Um, Nitro Circus or um, mm. Monster Jam model is um, probably a better model. It's it's an entertainment uh, right. package, and just keep people entertained. And it's better for the sponsors too because the more people that are you know as they say like you know butts in seats are more people with eyes on products, eyes on the cars, eyes on the sponsors, mm-hmm. and then the sponsors on the cars can sell more. So you know I'd rather see uh, this is a, it's a big leap to get from where. Formula Drift is, I think, to where like NASCAR is. That's just two hugely disparate, you know, levels. I think, mm-hmm. but you know, it it can happen. Um, and so I tell this as uh, you know, sponsor inquiries sometimes. I say, um, you want to have Doritos, M and M's, Pepsi on your non, car, and you want to, yeah. yeah, and you want to be buying the best stuff possible to put in your car. Mm-hmm. So you know, like this the. Components that are in the engines in a NASCAR engine, it's like they're all generally being sold to mm-hmm. those teams. The teams are out there buying the best stuff they can mm-hmm. to make their car the fastest. But then it's difficult because how do you just pull, you know, many millions of uh, dollars out of thin air in order to pay the teams? Like in, when you're looking at uh, the NASCAR level, I think, you know, last place still pays out many thousands of dollars. Yeah. Or if you're finishing like at least 30th or something. Right. So... That's a whole other thing. Is like if thirtieth is getting paid several thousand dollars, they can still afford to be at the next round, right? So and now and honestly, the whole NASCAR model, I'm not that familiar with. I know that it did change a lot with the <coughs> new the new car, mm-hmm. because now the new car it's basically a spec car, mm-hmm. and now the back runner teams can afford to. Um, well, they can compete with the front running guys because they all literally run in the same equipment now. Mm-hmm. The chassis are completely identical. Right. All you can do is make suspension adjustments. So it's right. like basically driver change, and you can be running at the front. You can right. be like a right. name team, yeah. and you yeah. get a good driver in for a couple weekends, and you're putting some serious points on the board. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that argument there goes to the, look, if you want to get these Ganassi, Penske-level teams or teams like that. I mean, I feel like RTR is definitely approaching oh, absolutely, yeah. that and a couple of the other top guys as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'm sure that's their goal, you know, to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, where they're just going to, they're not going to just 
choose some clown off the street to put in the car. Right. You know, so they're going to find somebody that they're vetting on their own, regardless of what their background is. If they find somebody, only look at um, oh, the World Rally Champion right now. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what is his name? You have to tell me because I, I don't find Kale, Kale Rovampera. Right, the two-time, right? Yeah. You know, he shows he shows up in, uh, is he? He, he's oh, don't, in, I'll just spoil it. I don't know yet. I don't know this season. I haven't been following enough. Uh, okay. Well, so, I'll tell you this much. He's in Driftmasters as well. So yeah, yeah. he's doing like double duty. And he for was them. in FD Japan and he right. murdered. It was insane. That yeah. guy is like an AI. Yeah. But I mean, I'm <laughs> sure Formula track. Drift would allow Kale to come take part in the event, mm-hmm. you know, because they do have the, um, is it the waiver process or uh, what do they call it? The petition. Petition. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm sure if, um, hmm. you know, Max Verstappen wants to come drive a Formula Drift round, they'll let him. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Probably. Probably. <laughs> Red Bull did a, like a drift demo thing with him, actually. They had Mike, uh, Mad yep. Mike, doing yep. uh, coaching with him, and he did really good after like five minutes. Nice. I mean, okay, that's a world class right, driver. Right. You it's know? Just, it's, it's he can that, adapt. He's just having fun at that point. Yeah. It's nowhere near as stressful as what he's used to. Uh, so that brings up another point, too, is when we talked about in the past. And you were, you were mentioning earlier that th- 235 um, tire width limitation, but also spec classing drifting. You know, we've talked about a lot of times, if, you know, it's a run with Jabron and you, uh, you see a big disparage in horsepower a lot of times. Not so much in Formula Drift anymore. It used to be. But I think now it, everybody's it's a little more even. But in these other events, you got guys at 1,200 you know, horsepower, 1,000 horsepower, and you have guys 400 horsepower. It's funny, I saw uh, Takayono at Sebring, or Sebring, too, SEMA, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just last week. And uh, speaking of kind of the David versus Goliath, remember the Sam Hubinet oh, yeah. versus him at Atlanta, like, yeah. what was it, three, one more times, and it was mm-hmm. whatever it was back then, a 300-horsepower car right. versus an 800-horsepower car. Yeah, it's a whole other game now, though. Like, Oh, yeah, you, nice. you watch Formula Drift, you know, three, you know, first, second, third seasons, and, and you're just like... Is that even pro-am capable? Like, are they even pro-am worthy anymore? Right. One thing I will tell you is, at least in Florida, OSW, which we're going to be going to OSW this weekend, that it has played a huge part in keeping the drifting, um, well, not just keep, yeah, keeping it growing is what I'm saying, in Florida, because we lost all all our tracks down south. PBIR now is sold. Um, Chris Jackson's using Sebring, which is a fun track, but that's not really South Florida. You know, it's almost as far as going to OSW, but OSW has been done a great job at keeping the the drift scene not just alive but thriving. I don't know if you've been to an OSW event lately, but it, there are a ton of people. We're gonna do. We're actually gonna live stream the King of OSW this weekend, and I think he gets how many drivers does he get? Um, well, he caps for it. the cap- uh, com- competition. No, for the weekend. Oh, for the weekend, uh, about a hundred. Yeah. That's a lot of freaking drivers. That's we got thirty people like County Line back in the day. We're like, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it's changed a lot. Um, I, so it's really interesting to see how Drift Masters is now challenging Formula Drift. How that's going to affect Formula Drift, and what is Formula Drift going to do to to change? What do you think they can do? I don't know, but. Talking about change, it's one of the things I wanted to ask Sean, who, well, you say you don't really follow drifting as much as you used to anymore? <laughs> I'm a little bit out of the loop. I follow um, I follow Formula Drift okay. pretty closely every season. So, But I guess my question that I was going to go towards is, is that uh, being in 
part involved in the drifting community for as long as you have, what are some of the positives and negatives that you've seen transpire from when you started to now? Tough question. Uh, honestly, um, I don't really know of any negatives. Um, other, I mean, just personal opinion. I don't really like the big smoke, to be honest. Hmm, um, okay. I wish you could see more what's going on with the cars. I feel like it um, hides uh, mistakes, makes it difficult with, for the judging. So um, I'm not really sure when that started. I feel like Daigo was definitely a point where like yeah. the big smoke became a thing. Yeah, when he came over from the, to the States, yes. Yeah, and uh, 1,000 horsepower cars became a thing. I remember probably around 2010 or so, there was somebody had a um, an Aristo. I remember this video that came out of Japan, and he was he was able to link a straightaway. Like he came off of a turn and linked all the way down <laughs> the straightaway and into the next turn. <laughs> and I was just like, oh my god! Right. And then within a couple of years, that was in pro level drifting. When you go back and uh, it's crazy if you go back and look at these videos, like um, one of the ones that always stands out to me was like Nomu Ken and uh, Tanaka at um, at Motegi. I think it was or no um, Sukuba. Okay. And uh, that famous D one course they ran there is like. You watch that video now, almost no smoke. You're like, right. where's the tire smoke, <laughs> you know? And um, and it's still very good drifting. So I don't know if, it, if it's possible to get back to that level. Um, I've talked to this, um, or talked with Chelsea about this, about like, you know, it'd be interesting if somebody developed a tire that's more like a WRC tire that doesn't smoke so much and you could, you know, like a, like a tarmac tire they use in WRC. I mean, I'm, some of the longest tarmac stages are what, like over 100 kilometers? Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, I mean, still they're not spinning it the way right. a drift car is. They're, they're not doing wheel like, speeds yeah. that are, you know, a hundred miles an hour over the car speed. Mm-hmm. So um, it'd be interesting though if there was a spec tire that didn't smoke as much. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, the three hundred treadwear stuff from the clips I've seen, it looks easier to judge and just kind of more fun. Yeah, you know, yeah. just take the focus away from the grip a little bit. That's it's everybody's grip, grip, grip. I and mean, we know a couple of drivers, one in particular, that's just more grip, more grip, more grip. And we're like, and, there, and there's a, there's a, um, what do you say? There's a, uh, like a tactic, not a tactic, but um, basically when you go into qualifying, you don't need all the grip, right? And we find a lot of these drivers, they just get something locked in their head. They're so laser focused on one thing that they're missing. And, and Chelsea talks about this, like you can loosen the car a little, you know, qualify <laughs> Loosen it up a little bit. Take it easy. Nobody's measuring your speed. You're not out there with anybody else, so there's no reference for speed. Well, remember everybody told us we were idiots for uh, using BMWs back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> like, yeah. you, you need a Nissan. In what are you doing? Face. And like, I didn't, I didn't even realize, you know, back in whatever it was, like 04, I didn't realize I was driving like the secret weapon. Yeah. <laughs> the E36. I'm like, why does this thing have so much rear grip? I'm right. like, I put the biggest rear bar I could find yeah, on it. I'm like, used to tell me, get rid of the rear bar. grip. Like this. And I'm like, yeah. still, I'm setting like fastest entry speed yeah. with 200 and whatever horsepower, you yeah. know, that, like uphill a- in Atlanta. I remember that. And it was, um, yeah. And was, I was focused on angle and it's like, you know, as it developed, it's like, wow, like, yeah, that rear grip is amazing. Those, car, mm-hmm. those cars have. Yeah. Um, but even like, you know, still today when uh, I talk to customers that are coming from other platforms, I say, you know, you either need to dial out the rear grip or you need to really commit to tons of throttle, mm-hmm. at least with the BMWs. Yeah. But now, you know, with the other platforms, um, with getting the, the roll center correction and everything built in, just geometry correction, you know, that's a huge change in drifting in the last 10 years, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, um, Actually, I had a really interesting conversation a couple years ago with uh, Stewie Bryant. Okay. You know him? Inertial, no, I don't know him personally, no. Inertial but... Motorsport uh, in mm-hmm. Australia. Okay. And yeah, he was 
kind of anti trying to always add more grip and you know more on the side of like keep drifting fun mm-hmm. and you know and he's got a business as well and i said well you know i agree keep drifting fun but you know still let's fix the geometry let's make the cars better let's make right. the cars perform better because that's what people want you right. know and if you want if they want to buy the best product that's going to make the car handle better perform better that's what you need to provide to the customer well and to be able to to design products that can make it easier for the driver to dial that in and out like yeah. okay i have my grip set up or i have you know i don't want so much grip i i, can, I don't have to like guess i can just i'm gonna go with this track i'm gonna qualify i'm gonna change the setup quickly and i'm gonna qualify and then i'm gonna change it for competition to grip it up and be able to make those changes on the fly i designed as, a, an adjustable r tab for these cars you mm-hmm. know, the 36 and the 46, mm-hmm. the rear uh, rear trailing arm bucket. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be very easy to adjust the forward bite with an adjustable bucket. It had, like, a threaded setup. I'm going to be buying stuff from me. OJ, stop. I'm going to be buying more stuff from me. Don't worry. I designed it. I designed it, and it was banned. Well, <laughs> like, it was yeah, immediately. <laughs> do you still have it, though? Uh, it's difficult to do. Uh, but, I mean, you can modify the platform to do it. But, yeah, if you want to be legal with... Uh, you know, I'm not. Pros, I'm, pros I'm back, not right, you I can care less. I'm just going out there to have a good time, do some fun stuff. So, I may hit you up for that. Later on. No, nah, you don't want grip. Remember, keep drifting from <laughs> uh, well, Whatever it is. Whatever you just, you know. My, my car is a guinea pig. I already got the SLR stuff on the front. People flip the R-tabs to make these things have less grip. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, so pardon my ignorance, but when a customer comes up to you and is looking to buy some products, uh, do you offer like consulting in a sense of do you tell them like these are the settings that you need to adjust or apply in order to be able to extract the 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 highest performance out of this particular product that you're uh, selling over to them um yeah i mean i offer as much advice as i can uh we have uh videos that are linked on the website as well with um with drivers that have a lot more experience than i do with um setups you know they're more current to what people are uh, looking for out there so um you know i try to give as much feedback as i can um, it's so dependent per driver though as well, experience level, what engine are you running, um, you know, what tires are you running? It's, I mean, all that stuff is, you know, it's like so dependent, interdependent on every other thing. So, you know, how much rear toe do you want to run? Um, you know, what are you comfortable with? So, but yeah, as much, uh, as much advice as I can, I definitely, mm. I don't know which camera to look at. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I have a question for you, Sean. How, are your sleep habits better? <laughs> to be? As in actually sleeping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do sleep now. Oh, okay. I got so, old. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that is like probably one of the fondest memories is people having to wake Sean up in line because he'd be sleeping before he has to drive down the track. Okay, that goes way back. Yeah, I know. Wow. I know. wow. That's that's high Aaliyah. Yeah. I tried yeah. To yeah. Bulldo- wake him up. Wake him up. <laughs> I think I bulldozed, what, like 15 years ago? Yeah, well, yeah. you know, hey. Oh come on! You know how that is. Like two all nighters before yeah, race day, yeah. and uh, but that's I think that's one of my favorite memories. Oh, Harry blew up um, that engine in that old five series mm-hmm. uh, the night uh, with a demo the night before at Hialeah, and then. Uh, but yeah, seriously, it's like it wouldn't be a drift event if there wasn't an all nighter. Yeah, the, the night before. I'm know? trying to avoid that. I'm too if old you got for that. Sleep. <laughs> I'm too old for that. Right. Yeah. yeah. Who cares about preparation? No, <laughs> like, no, no, well, I do my prep months in advance. And exactly. Then, now I'm like, if yeah. I'm not prepared, I'm not going. I'm yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing. There are a lot of times I've been at an event and I'm like, that's broken. Could I bust my butt? Uh, nah. I'll just put it on the trailer. I'm good. Put it on the trailer. We're good. We're good. We had fun. We had some time. Back when I started the company, I, uh, I wrecked the E36 twice in the same weekend. You still have that car? Yeah. 
Oh. Oh, oh yeah. The original one? Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's great. I actually just did a video on it today. So, uh, yeah, I wrecked it Friday night at um, PBIR. Okay. Uh, like testing out backies. Did a sick backy. Also took the front end off the car. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, fixed it uh, Fixed it Saturday and then uh, went and crashed it again on... Oh, I didn't crash it, I guess. I blew it up at County Line that uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, I, I still remember... The, the infamous, well, actually, one of the last times I saw you run was that counter line. Yeah. And it was the second left. Now, I don't remember we had the piano key set up, but I remember you went in with one of the most oh, aggressive God, entries yeah. out of anybody that was out there. And we're like, this guy's a madman. What is he doing? And the way how he just went <laughs> off track was so spectacular <laughs> that we feared for your life. We were immediately trying to get the ambulance to like go off and get you because we thought the worst had happened. And next thing you know, you're just driving back like as if like nothing happened. I'm just like, what is going on it's over funny, here? I still, remember, I still remember that weekend so clearly. Um, geez, uh, hood pins is the uh, first thing to mention for that weekend. <laughs> he caught the, the the hood flipped up on the trailer, folded in half, oh. <laughs> cracked the windshield. So you I didn't ran. make it to the event. And you're already popping. <laughs> exactly. <to> break <laughs> exactly. Blew the hood off on the trailer, and then um, I changed wheels at the track, and I uh, didn't change the uh, rack stops. And what was happening was I was trying to huck huge angle coming in, and I needed to add more rack stops so the tire wouldn't like wedge against the frame rail. Yeah, right. And so I was just throwing it big, and as soon as I go to full lock, the tire would like lock, lock against the frame rail, and it was mm-hmm. like like straight off track. Yeah, that's what and, happened to me when the John. Remember when John slammed it in front of me? I spun, mm-hmm. I, I hucked it, and I just I had this gnarly like five foot strand of aluminum because my my wheel hit the bracket. You just from, machined the yeah, inside, just of the wheel. inside of the wheel. And then John slammed into me. I remember there's a picture that we have me and you side by side looking at my car. I'm just like, and you're just like, <laughs> that was, yeah. yeah was I asleep? No, you're awake. You're awake. <laughs> Every you may, I mean, you fooled me if you were, but yeah, that's funny. Good um, memories. So what, I don't know how much you want to divulge, but do you want to kind of explain like what sort of support you're providing to Rari over here? Are you going to be basically pit side along Rari at the events? Or are you trying to just help him with the build of this Mercedes? Um, like, do you want to like go into detail in regards yeah, what to what level, level of support that you're going to be providing? Yeah, what level of support are you providing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, we're negotiating on camera now. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, yeah so basically, um, it's actually a platform that I really, really believe in. Oh, um, okay. I have one myself. So um, might end up being like a backup car or something, but um, it's a really good platform actually. And I would like to develop some parts for this uh, platform and encourage people to use these as, as alternatives to other vehicles. So a lot of people think it's a really bizarre out there platform. Um, it's not all that different to a C-Class, to be honest. Mercedes uses a lot of kind of cut and paste suspension layout across their whole lineup. So um, yeah, the rear suspension is really good. The front suspension's double A-arm. Um, gives you some options with angle kits. Um, when you don't have a strut, you could basically do whatever control arms you want, up, uh, upper and lower. Potentially, you can move the wheel out three feet on each side if you wanted to be crazy and oh. do whatever you want for angle clearance because you're not limited by the pickup point, you know, always adding more and more camber as you put a longer and longer control arm on it. Um, that'll be a loophole that gets closed after this, right? <laughs> we have a million followers here or what? <laughs> so... Um, 
But yeah, so um, you can pick these cars up for stupidly cheap, to be honest. People are so scared of the uh, suspension problems and the, the the retractable hardtop isn't as big of a deal. But I, I think it's kind of a, a little bit of a hidden gem car. Maybe this will help get the word out there. But uh, when we start releasing some products for it, and that's going to be part of it. So really the developing of the products for his car is going to be you know, completely on me. And um, yeah, hopefully come out with a good you know, series of uh, parts for these things. Hmm. So. Yeah, so you'll be able to buy the exact parts that will be on my car. Oh, So well, this, again, good. there's no, there's nothing hidden here. That's you can build the exact same car if you want. It's good. And, and actually, for anybody that would perhaps cast any sort of doubt into this build, it's it's gonna they're gonna have a hard time because, I mean, Sean was with one of the most competitive cars mm-hmm. chassis mm-hmm. long before it became known as mm-hmm. a competitive chassis. So if he's standing behind it, I mean. Mm-hmm. It may be something that maybe pe- people will now explore. So, uh, good job, Sean. <laughs> I was already out of myself as not knowing that the E36 was a secret weapon back when I started. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, definitely uh, there's a lot of potential in these. And at, like, auctions, you can get these for, like, a couple thousand dollars running still, just with blown ABC suspension, hmm. uh, air suspension that they have on it. So it's – they just – they toss it as a total uh, – like a totaled car mm-hmm. once the suspension goes out. So you're spending $1,500, $2,000 totally running car, throw some coilovers on it, and it's pretty fast. Uh, even like the SL500 is not that bad. But the 55 is a it's a fast car, and we used to drive it. Hmm. It's uh, Yeah, it's a 5.5 liter factory supercharged V8. Um, was it 550 horsepower and just as much torque, I think? Um, we've got customers that have like 800 horsepower with basic bolt-ons and a pulley. Um, one of my customers runs nines and the car is nearly full weight. Wow. And well, full weight is like 4,200 pounds wow. on these cars. <laughs> that car, that's a lot oh, yeah. of weight. Yeah. I've got a picture of them with the front tires off the ground, leaving the hole. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> Oh my God. So, um, I tried to talk him out of doing the, uh, the Hemi swap actually. And I said the, um, uh, the 5.5, uh, Mercedes motor makes plenty of power. They'll take a lot of abuse, but, um, mine blew up. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. stock. Yeah, lost I think it's stuck in an injector right. or something, and uh, hydrolysis owned or something like that. Yeah. So there's a lot of aftermarket yeah. though for that engine that you chose to put in. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. What are you doing with uh, regards to the transmission? That's the one thing is um, the only bolt-on transmission, uh, manual transmission for these is um, I think it's the Chrysler Crossfire, and it's oh. like uh, made of glass. So. You put 500 pound-feet of torque, right, yeah, and he, it's a lot of gears on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. so that was also a determining factor. <coughs> Actually, could make like a custom plate to mount it. but I sent a bell housing out to uh, Brett Collins over at Collins Adapters, and he already uh, did the 3D scan on it and was developing a uh, swap kit. So it'll either be a, is it CD09? The that's, Nissan? Why, that's why I got in this. Yeah, either, either a CD09 or uh, Tremec TR6060. Okay. That's what I have on the Hellcat. So, okay. yeah. Hmm. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Well, that'll be available for, you know, customer builds. But um, Hellcat swap is... Probably not what most people are going to do. <laughs> yeah. A lot more was involved in that than uh, than I realized. It is such a huge engine. I had no idea. I thought it was basically like a small block. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's like, like an LS with a super zero uh, on top. Mm, not so much. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's going to stick like this far out of the hood. 
the way. That's fine, though. Oh, wow. That'll look aggressive. You can do a cow, yeah. whole cowl induction hood. Yeah, I'm raising the hood a little bit, probably, as well. Bryce was saying that, that. He's like, that motor, I, I've, I've seen that I've seen that car before. That motor's going to stick out of there because it's a big motor. <laughs> There's yeah. no way that motor's not sticking out of the hood. Yeah. Um, yeah, but you can see a lot of these guys have this massive filter out, like yeah. uh Savio with Drift HQ, I mean, he's got that massive air filter sticking outside of the hood, so right. I don't see why that would be a problem. Yeah, just visually, I didn't really want it to be sticking out of the hood, but mm -hmm. I think with a few adjustments, it'll look still okay. Yeah, do the whole shaker style. Isn't that the whole Dodge theme where I think it's do the whole shaker hoods? I think so. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, I just thought of another question. Top up or top down when you're going <laughs> sideways, <laughs> sir? Uh -huh. I've thought about it. Yeah, at least it gives us. It, there's an option. At least I'm gonna keep it so you can just remove a few bolts and take the whole top off. Halfway, air brakes. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, good luck with that. Air uh, e brake. Yeah, right, air, air e brake. That'd be interesting. So, so for those of the those people out there that are following you, and you did mention that you had a much more positive. Um, much more positive feedback than you actually were expecting, right? Yeah, um, for sure. Those that are following you, how many of those uh, people are looking to copy you as far as how you're developing your programming? Because you're not just giving them a spreadsheet. You're also guiding them in the process of how to build a program, correct? Yeah. So for one of the parts, I did like a full budget breakdown with schedule showing what I do each year how much everything costs, including how much marketing costs and things like that. And those have already been downloaded a few hundred times. So mm -hmm. people are finding some value in that uh, and asking me questions about that spreadsheet all mm -hmm. the time. And I, I've been making small changes here and there. But yeah, I, I think my goal is to just get more people into the sport. And I think it's, it's at least a step in the right direction okay. so far. Hmm. Sean, have you got a chance to check out the... Uh the spreadsheet, can you validate some of the numbers? <laughs> I looked at it briefly. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had some pros and prospect drivers already look at it, and they don't think it's unrealistic. And oh, one of uh, I also got shown someone else's spreadsheet, which was about half of this, um, and they ran prospect on it. So I think it's not terribly unrealistic. Okay. I think someone could at least use it as sort of a guideline to get them there. I made a spreadsheet for one of my cars I built one time, and I regretted it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, don't, I don't. I just spend it and just forget it. You just, just spend don't total, it. Don't total it, it up. No, no, no. no you'll be depressed. <laughs> oh, God. I could have bought a house. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a few comments have said. Just go buy a house. <laughs> but then I'm just sitting in my house going like this. Yeah. Right. And then I'm 80 years old, and then I'm dead. Mm. Right. After yeah. that, regretting things. So I'd rather... Go for something mm -hmm. while you're still young and you can still do it. Take advantage now before the robots take over. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so True looking story. and watching, I'm sure you're, you're seeing, you know, who's out there competing, right? And and uh, kind of, you know, looking at who's your possible competition out there, right? Is there anybody that you've watched so far, either in Pro-Am, Pro-Spec, or even Pro, that you feel like I would really like to just drive against them or just – you know, drive with them or, or something, anything like that. Well, I really wanted to eventually drive with Chelsea, uh, but he's not an FD anymore. So. Yeah. <laughs> but you can still drive with him. Maybe still driving. There's other events and there's other things. He's not like he's dead. Uh, he's going to do a bunch of other cool stuff. Um, mm -hmm. 
Ben Hobson is really interesting driver. Uh, I don't know. Is he going to pro next year or is he staying in pro? Uh, that, yeah. So that is a debate. We I don't know if he's released that, has he? No, he hasn't. But that was a discussion when we were after um, – at because we so we do the live streams for the LS Fest. And that was one of the things we're talking about is like, man – you know, what are you going to do next? Well, actually, we were at, um, we we're throwing axes, remember? Yes. And that was one of the questions, like, what are you going to do? He's like, man, I, I got a lot of thinking to do because. He killed it. He killed it. I mean, he just destroyed everybody, right? So does he make the step up now or does he just kind of hang in the pocket? And I think there was conversation, both, you know, like, you know, valid points on both ends of the conversation. Um, yeah. I think a lot of us were saying he should just stay where he's at for another year. Because that next step up is it's it's a serious step. But he seems to have good marketing, good team, everything. So he probably could make the step right now, like easily. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. He's yeah, he just dominated. He dominated prospects. So I, I I would take right. the I would take the momentum and go. Don't be a Dimitri Bruski and hang out there too long. <laughs> oh. And then lose wow. lose your relevance. <laughs> oh. Wow. Okay. No, I'm just watching. No, you. I mean, I I didn't think of it that way. Actually, you're right because Dimitri was just just slaying people. He didn't make the move up, and it kind of just like faded off. So actually, that's a really good point. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, and then if I think just in terms of drivers um, that I'd like to drive with, my favorite driver is Nabotero Tanaguchi. Hmm. Uh, Amazing driver. Probably the smoothest driver in the world still. So I'd love to drive with him at some point, someday. He still drives to this day. Uh, tons of crazy cars. But he's usually just testing out other people's D1 cars. Hmm. And then uh, like Kawabata would be pretty cool to drive with because he's just insane. Uh, but those aren't in the U.S. So you never know what the future holds. Yeah, hey, maybe they just you know, fly you out there and say, we're going to bring Rory over here and we're going to drive with him. Right now... You are doing a great job marketing yourself, setting yourself up for those opportunities, and that's why I said Thank you. you have the goal, and and it's and it's it's different than what we've seen before, right? This hidden identity, the whole mask thing you got going on there, marketing yourself in such a way that you don't know what in, in a year and a half or two years from now you could be in a total different direction than you were originally planning, and you're gonna have to follow those opportunities as they go. So it's gonna be exciting to watch. You progress and seeing what what happens. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not sure what the journey holds uh, in the next couple of years, like you said. But I don't think, see anything negative about it. I think uh, so far it's been really, really positive, and there's a lot of changes in the drifting world mm-hmm. happening for sure in the next couple of years. So um, I definitely don't want to wait any longer. So no. I'm jumping in as soon as I can. Yeah, what happens happens. Uh, even if I blow all the money, at the end, I had a blast and probably still have two cars. <laughs> yeah, so you can still go out and have fun. Maybe go out like takeovers with your health <laughs> right? And do like uh, evangelistic and try to get them to come to uh, drifting events and try to uh, bring more Hellcats out. Or you could join Mo Party, right? Oh. The Mo Party, uh, Mo Party Fest. Uh, that uh, Holly does. Actually, that is, <laughs> yeah. actually, that is interesting because yeah. yeah, you could go out to Mo Party and they would probably love to have you out there. We haven't been out today. We've been to LS Fest and Ford Fest, 
But we haven't been to Mopar yet. Yeah, someone invited me to go out to Mopar Fest. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> and right. I could go with their crew. Right, right. Is it technically a Mopar? Because the whole uh, Daimler, I think it's Cri- Daimler Chrysler? Nah, it's I not, mean, I don't know. You're not, it's you're not a book, non-manufacturer you're swap. Now. You're going above <laughs> yeah. my head now. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was a Hellcat. It has Dodge on it, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> um, Sean, mm-hmm. does it bother you when you take the time to develop and build and sell a part only for it to then be banned shortly thereafter. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we never really got that one into action. It was just a design. And uh, before we decided to fully build it, um, we ran it by Kevin and uh, he said, Nope. So we're like, well, that's the end of that. Right. But you haven't been into a situation like that where you've built, you, you built design and released a product. And then next thing you know, you're getting emails saying, yeah, we, uh, this doesn't work anymore. Um, no, we haven't been in the situation where something's been banned, something directly that we made. So that was like in yet. the very beginning, like when Wise Angle, Fab when Wisefab had that whole ban. Remember that? Oh, where they had uh, the FD legal kits, I guess. Yeah, so they had, yeah. they had to modify it in order to be legal. Yeah, that was just the um, <coughs> the, the strut tower thing, mm-hmm. and that, that's kind of interesting because you know different cars have different sizes of bolt patterns up there. Mm-hmm. So it's like you might have a car that unfortunately has a really tight bolt pattern. And you might have like the Camaros that have like a dinner plate size, you know, bolt pattern at the top. It's like, yeah, I could I could put a five inch longer control right, arm no on this problem. car and just move the strut <laughs> so, out with it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's one of those loopholes. It's like I don't know if it's worth closing or not. Mm-hmm. Um, there's ways around all these things. You can yeah. do multiple pivots and stuff. So, mm-hmm. interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I've just always been curious because yeah. I mean the Weisfab thing was just that was a long time ago. Yeah, once upon a once upon a time. It could still happen. Yeah. Of course, the like the week after I ordered my wife's fab, this guy says, Hey, do you want to test a kit on on a three E thirty? I'm like, dude, like really? Like literally the week after that's I ordered a true story. Huh? Yeah, totally true story. I remember yeah. that. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, it's on the way. And I was yeah. like, Cancel. Yeah. Cancel. I'll send you He's like, dude, like you could have just like mail. came out a little sooner with that. That would have been nice. <laughs> hey, that's bizarre, actually. I mean, there's a lot of examples of that in um history, like people inventing the same thing at the same time. And I think what it really comes down to is people are looking at the same other things that are happening in their industry, and so they end up having some of the same ideas. But um, I remember telling Paul about wanting to uh, come up with that design on uh, 2000. Can, can clarify, sorry to cut you off, but can I clarify which Paul? Because we have uh, a Paul right here. Not oh, this sorry. Paul. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Piner. Piner, oh, okay. Piner Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Paul Atluski, uh, machine gun man now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember telling him when I had, uh, when I had the shop out by uh, Moroso or PBIR or whatever name, no longer existing track. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was under the car and I was like, you know, it'd be really cool to machine a uh, piece of aluminum that went right here and brought your steering point back. And I was like, it'd also add roll center correction, which wouldn't be a bad thing to have. But I was like, eh, nobody in drifting will care about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and um, but yeah, so um, when I finally did it, you know, whatever it was, uh, three years later. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I just had no idea about machine work or anything. You know, I worked with machines. Um, I had like, you know, Mosler engineering, but um, I knew how to run a lathe and a, you know, CNC or a, a mill, not a CNC mill, but you know, like literally the first parts were basically like napkin drawings, you know, and it's like, it was on grid paper, I think, but mm-hmm. went to a machinist and I was like, Hey, can you make this for me? And right. I didn't even know how to use like a proper CAD program back then. I was using like free downloaded CAD stuff. Uh, and, drawing stuff up and uh yeah and then it 
just became what it was. And how times have changed. <laughs> so what was the question? <laughs> ADHD. Uh, it you got to get a butterflies in here. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was something along the lines of uh, if you take, if you gone to have the experience of building and developing a product, you release it and then it's all useless. of a sudden it gets banned and then it doesn't become oh, uh, pretty much marketable or, you know, basically or, all that work or, for nothing. Yeah. Well, yeah. It was when Tim mentioned how um, he ended up buying a, a WiseFab kit, like, you know, a week before mm-hmm. I offered uh, one of the early prototype test kits. Yeah. yeah. And um, I was going to say, it's interesting. Uh, you see that a lot in industries. There was another company, I think out of Norway called uh, PB Motorsport. And I think they're no longer around or they've, they've transitioned into doing like roll cages and race cars and stuff. But they had an angle kit that came out. I mean, all of us were within like a couple months of each other back mm-hmm. in 20, end of 2010, I think. Yeah, yeah, I remember or the PPK. Like, yeah, yeah mid fall 2010 or something. All of these kits hit the market. And um, it just felt like there was a need for it. You know, I made some posts on Beamer forums. I was doing custom knuckles for people back then. And I felt like yeah. there was a market to be filled. I said, would you guys be interested in this? These are parts that um, you know I've run on my car and Chelsea's run on his car because uh, we had the custom knuckles on his uh, two-time XDC car, the two-time championship car, mm. and um, yeah, it just grew into what it is. But that's wild how just you know all over the world people yeah. come up with the same idea at the same yeah. time. I have an idea. Well, Sometimes you, I'll search it on Google, and it's like, ah, somebody got to right, it. Right, right. Well, got to a, it last week. <laughs> there, there's a need. You, you know, more than one, one person sees the need, and actually, probably thousands of people probably see the need, but don't have the ability to develop the the parts for that. And so, the handful of guys that do, they, yeah, you're right. A lot of times, you see the same part come out at the same oh, yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now there's angle kits, all kinds of angle kits. Now, angle kit is part of your initial drift car purchase. That's an interesting right. one. Right. Um, yeah, so I used to advise customers that um, I don't advise getting an angle kit first. You know, do small angle, uh, you know, stuff like how we learned. Right. You know, like rack spacers and you mm-hmm. know basic upgrades and stuff and learn car control as much as you can before doing that. And there was actually a... Um, a customer and driving instructor who I had a conversation with, and he said, I actually do recommend people get an angle kit early on. And I said, what's your reasoning for that? You know, I'm basically here, I'm telling people not to buy my product. <laughs> you know? I'm like, no, you know, like, why do you think it is? And he said, honestly, when they have more window to save the car from a spin out, they learn a lot faster. He said in their first couple of events, they can learn so much more. But, you know, they'll, know, they'll realize when they've over-rotated the car, and they'll be able to bring it back and realize, okay, that was a screw up. I won't do that on the next turn. But their run isn't over. Mm. You know, they can yep. fin- finish the lap. That's interesting. And I'm like, that's actually a really good point. So when you have a bigger window, you know, to to learn within, he said the, the learning curve is just greatly increased. Wow. Shout that's, out to Yoshi, by the way. Oh wow. That's 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 all guy. Hey, when I was starting to drift, I, did, <laughs> right? I only had one hand. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know, is there anything else you want to well, talk about? You want to go over? Well, I got a couple of. Oh, okay, you know, you I'm do. just really interested oh, okay. with oh, some of the. Yeah, you got your focus now. Yeah. Oh man. Where do you? <laughs> so, how do you get inspired to build some of these parts? Is it something where you're looking at a car and you see a potential problem that you think like, oh, this could be a good you know solution, or this could be a marketable solution where there's a, uh, there's a market for it. Or is it something where with your uh, you know, 
vast amounts of customers that obviously are in motorsports, they're coming to you and saying like, hey, have you thought about doing this and can you build it for me? Um, yeah, it's just basically, you know, we have a we have a niche market and it's um, trying to identify weak points in, uh, in cars that, you know, need some aftermarket part to address an issue. I mean, for the most part, you know, we're focusing on steering angle. So most factory cars do not have a whole lot of steering angle. Um, you know, the Corvette being a really good example of that. Mm -hmm. um, there's so much potential to increase the capability of that car just by adding steering angle. Um, and then, you know, there's some of the platforms are a lot harder to, um, like the FRS, for example, is a lot more difficult to get the same, uh, same angle or the same performance out of that car compared to like an E36 or a Corvette or, you know, many other cars. Wow. So you're saying Toyota is not... Careful. Quite, quite, <laughs> quite the best platform. Careful. You know, there's something wrong with the development of Toyota is what you're saying. That's what I'm hearing. So, well, Careful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um, no, not at all. I love Toyota, actually. Um, the FRS in particular is, I think they maybe missed, um, missed a trick with and uh, having an eye toward the aftermarket because the I feel like the niche that car was supposed to fill, well, obviously it, it is. It was supposed to fill the 8.6 mm -hmm. market. And um, that car is so much more difficult to make perform um, the way you want it to um, compared to like like simple basic bolt-ons on an old 8.6. We get mm -hmm. to a lot of steering angle mm -hmm. and a lot of performance. And um, it isn't necessarily like, a, it's not a bad design at all. It's a good handling mm -hmm. car. It works great for track days, for autocross, but um, it just comes as being a compromised platform because they're using a lot of Subaru stuff. Mm -hmm. um, the engine position and the rack position is the, the biggest challenge in that car. Mm -hmm. And it's a rear rack, and it's a rear rack that sits really far back. Mm -hmm. So the only way to get a lot of angle out of it is to do some sort of <coughs> cantilever steering system or um, move the rack in front of the cross member, okay. really. So... Um, yeah, Michael Jima has uh, some choice words about that platform mm. <laughs> as yeah. well. Well, he did on his. He moved the rack. Uh, you changed the rack in the. No, mine just moved forward. But, oh, you just moved it forward. Yeah, Michael Jima uh, built. Uh, what was it? Uh, What's his name? Don't ask me. I can't remember his name. Dayoshihara. Dayoshihara. Thank you. Dayoshihara. Yeah. Okay. So he he worked on that car quite a bit. So he now understands the pain, I guess, of it, right? So. Well, it's interesting we're in this topic because just recently, uh, Lone Star Derp brought up some old posts that Chelsea Danofa put up, yeah. trash talking the FRS uh, 86 mm. platform, and it falls in line with what you're just saying now. Uh, so I'm guessing you, you and Chelsea, Sean, you and Chelsea have had this conversation before. Yeah, definitely. Um Again, it's like it's not something that can't be overcome. You know, you can take anything and especially with how open the regulations are regarding steering modifications and drifting, you can relocate the rack essentially wherever you want. You know, you can run it through the oil pan if you want. <laughs> it's like, um, really whatever you want to do. So, um, no, you can definitely overcome those challenges. So, um, again, I don't think the FRS is a bad platform. Uh, those comments I thought were kind of funny. It felt like they were like kind of targeting or calling Chelsea out on that. And it's like... You know, he just speaks his mind. He just says it very bluntly, and it's like on a private forum, and then it becomes public later, you know, years later or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you know, we basically said, oh, it's a garbage, you know, chassis. We did the the analysis of it and everything. Um, yeah, when you look at what's required, I mean, I used to say this to people um, 
when the, the Nissan versus BMW argument back in the day. Uh, yeah. I'm like, on like the back of this car, it's like basically you change one link, mm-hmm. whereas the back of a Nissan has like five links. <laughs> right, you need right, to change. Right, right. And in the front, it's like you can like, I mean, what we used to do is just cut the control arms, extend right. them mm-hmm. two inches, put a get a tie rod off of a five series from a mm-hmm. junkyard. And um, put some steering rack stops or start steering rack spacers. Right. And then we made our own steering rack spacers back in the day because nobody made them for beamers. Right. Little Harbor Freight Mill. Like a, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Harbor Freight. Exactly. Lave, so yeah. um, the, just the amount of modification you have to do for one platform to be competitive versus, I mean, that's there's no secret or it's no mystery why these have become a really popular platform. So hopefully you can see it on the camera. That's an E46 <laughs> right here. Oh, they've seen it many times yeah, before many times. with all the episodes. They've seen it. They, they know. I'm just pointing at a jack over here. Like, yeah, yeah buy a jack. It works <laughs> great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, but when you're at the top level, you can really make anything perform. It's got four wheels and a mm-hmm. steering wheel. It's like you can fix the geometry on anything. So then compare what you just said with the uh, FRS in regards to the level of complexity in I feel like you're targeting the FRS. No, <laughs> no, hang on. Just, Hold on, there's just, some there's some pre-existing <laughs> vibe here. No, it's not. I think go ahead. I, I have a feeling that I, yeah, he wants one. I think that's what he is. He's, he's looking for the ultimate drift just, chassis and he thinks that's what it is. No, it's not. <laughs> just 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 hear me out. So <laughs> Yeah, you heard a feeling shot. <laughs> yeah. uh, how do how does it compare to the SL55 in regards to the complexity of it? Do you find it to be easier or do you find it to be uh, a little bit more difficult? From a suspension standpoint, once you've ripped the 8,000 pounds of crap out of the SL, um, the SL is going to perform better just with its factory geometry. Um, Just speaking about suspension here. But as far as like simplicity of a car, for sure, the FRS is designed to be a simple, lightweight, you know, track performing car. Put coilovers and you know some decent tires on it, you can go have fun with tra- at track days. But where drifting has gone since that car hit the market is a diff- I mean, actually, I had you know uh, Paul Otluski or Piner Paul's mm-hmm. um, FRS on the lift. I think in 2014, it's one of our first Instagram posts, actually. And when I got looking at, it, I'm like, whoa, this is going to be a lot more work. To make this thing do what we were doing with the BMWs. You know, you want 65 degrees of steering angle, it's like re-engineer the entire front end. Oh. And, well, it has a boxer engine, and the boxer engine necessitates you move the frame rails out further. Mm-hmm. And um, moving the frame rails out further means that you're going to have to make a longer control arm in order to turn the wheel 65 degrees sideways uh, or run a, a shorter tire. So um, you see even like um, like Turk's uh, streetcar build, FRS, they did back in the day. The tire was like two or three inches outside of the fender, and the fender was a wide body. It was a huge over fender on there. So um, I think it was biggest one of the biggest opportunities for Toyota. I think when they went the Boxster engine, like I don't know why they didn't go with an inline. I mean, I would have thought an inline four would have been a way better choice, but I guess they collabed with Subaru. Unfortunately, that's my kind of um, if I had like a bone to pick with Toyota, like the Toyota of. Back in the day, is kind of not really there, or they're they're just focused on making their you know their bread and butter cars. Mm-hmm. And when it, when it comes to making a niche market vehicle, they just want to sub it out to somebody. Yeah. They want to send you know sub the uh, the new Super out to uh, BMW when they had the LC500 platform because historically you know the Soarer and the uh, 
and the Supra were on the same platform for many years. Yeah. And, you know, now the the Supra is a smaller car yeah. than the FRS or Z, wheel, wheelbase, at least. It's, it's a Z4. It's like, that doesn't make sense. Like, the FRS is supposed to be the ace. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, it's a Z4 coupe, basically. Yeah. And, yeah, the same thing when they're... Uh, Whatever their reasoning is, I think they just don't want to divert resources. And it makes sense from a business point of view, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, the sports car market is more risky, so they want to share that risk. Right. So they partner with somebody that has a platform that's going to be developed anyway, or both companies can benefit. Hmm. So. so, Ben, what do you think? What I'm saying is buy yeah. a Mazda. Buy a Mazda. Buy a Mazda. Oh, buy wow. a Mazda. Whoa. Well, like an RX-8? Oh, guys, don't go there. No, they're Toyota sports cars aren't purpose designed anymore, you know, and I don't think they probably won't do a, a purpose designed sports car again. But, but, but what about the the Yaris? The what? <laughs> the Yaris? You didn't are, say. Are we on the same planet? Sports car. <laughs> Smart car, right? Smart car or sports car? <laughs> <laughs> smart car. Do it. Smart car. You mean uh, the the GR Corolla or? He said sports car. I mean, that's what um, <laughs> that's what Rovin Perez is using in uh, he's, he's in Japan. deep into that. Yeah. Right, deep into that. That's, that, that's what I'm getting at. Uh, that's, a, that's swapping a four wheel drive car to rear wheel drive and just. Yeah, now we're going down, another, we're going we're going down rabbit, another rabbit okay. hole there, Ben. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. Um, so then, take Pre- it. Toyota Previa. Hey! <laughs> you want a capable Toyota platform right there. <laughs> Mid engine. Wow. Supercharged, four wheel. It's a supercar. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a seven seat supercar. There you go. There you go. Yeah. He's got one on a lift if you want. <laughs> I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah. Um, but when then, when you got, so uh, what I'm trying to figure out is, is that was any consideration before? Because it seems like okay. Actually, I take it back. Because you got the car already, and then you considered building it to for uh pro purposes but then i guess once you started getting into the lift and sort of like jotting down or or getting you know measurements figuring out the geometry of it then you started to realize okay either this is this could work or did you realize i've made a huge mistake we're still talking about the FRS. No, right? I'm talking about the uh, SL55 right now. Oh, sorry. Well, I no. bought it. When I bought the car, it was running perfect. And I overpaid for this car. But it was running at the time. Mm. And then the suspension failed. So then I was discussing with Sean um, to make like a whole kit for that suspension. And he started VVK. Um, and then we started getting into all the suspension and thinking about all the things there. And it seemed to make sense um, over time. So, I mean, we've been kind of sitting on the car for a while. And uh, so it wasn't completely on a whim, but I could have easily just bought another different car. But it seems like it would perform quite good. Let me let me get this straight. You needed suspension, so you created a suspension company? <laughs> yeah, so that, that was my next, next, qu- that was my next question. That's the next logical decision, right? Well, so he called, <laughs> he called me and he said he wanted suspension for a um, Mercedes uh, SL. And um, and I said, okay, yeah, we do you know tubular control arms and geometry correction and all that kind of stuff. We can do it for a Mercedes. And then we got into it. turns out he needed coilovers, not tubular suspension control, you know, tubular arms and all that stuff. So I said, oh, that's a completely different thing. But, yeah, to answer your question, yes. 
<laughs> that's, that's hilarious. It turned into, you know, we found somebody that could supply the components and yeah. we, we built a bespoke coilover for the SL. And, um, yeah, it's one of the more popular solutions to um, replace the uh, the electro-hydraulic suspension. You know, those cars, they don't have anti-roll bars on them. They do it hydraulically. And, yeah, ride height can be adjusted. You put the car in sport mode, it drops like 10 millimeter. Mm. And um, you can drive it in like snow mode, it, you know, rises up. So, but yeah, it's just all complicated. I mean, the the fully loaded version of this car weighs like forty six fifty. I think. Holy cow! It's a two door, two seat car. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, how do you pack forty six hundred pounds of stuff into that? But as you're stripping it, you see where all the weight is. You just you'll like pull off a panel, and then you'll find another panel. You pull that off, and there's stuff stuffed in there. You remove some com- huge, heavy component, and there's some other one behind it, and it's just. Things are hidden in the frame rails. There's oh yeah, there's you all know, kinds of weird things on this. We car. ran into that. We ran into that when I was building a, a Volvo at one point, and they just like put weights, ballast weights, in the frame rail to help <laughs> with v- vibrations. And like they actually stuffed weight. Me and Tim were like trying to fish this weight out, but you had to unbolt and you had to fish it out of the actual frame rail. And it was it was the most it's like it's like here's like ten pounds of weight on both frame rails just. Just, just to add to noise vibration. Oh, yeah, we, we were drilling to nutsert one of the frame rails, and the frame rail started leaking coolant. <laughs> and that's how that's how I found out that there is a coolant line that runs inside the frame rail yeah. on uh, on uh, these cars. Like if you pull off every fender well, you'll find all kinds of components there. And then once you remove almost everything, and all of the and all of the body panels is just stuffed foam, and there's oh. part numbers on the foam itself. <laughs> And you can pull out full pieces of foam, and you, you could look it up online and buy that piece of foam. <laughs> oh, I need boy. foam part number one, three, two, five, six. <laughs> the yeah. good thing is, and it's like in the frame rails, <laughs> and everywhere is just numbered, foam. part serialized foam. I mean, the good thing is the car is rigid. The car is extremely strong in order to deal with all that weight. When you take all that weight out of there, and you're left with the the main body shell. It's extremely stiff, and um, and being you know being a convertible as well, it has additional bracing that you know you can keep there, and then. Honestly, convertibles are, in a lot of cases, the best vehicle to start with for a race car. makes yeah. it really easy to put the roll cage. They have additional bracing from the factory that you wouldn't necessarily be allowed to put in. Mm-hmm. And um, That's a great point. Yeah, and, and their CG's low because they don't have the roof at all. So when you make a roof out of carbon fiber, it's going to be way lighter than starting with a coupe. But luckily, this is an aluminum roof. Like, There's a lot of lightweight stuff on this car, too. How much of it is made out of aluminum? Almost everything on the car is aluminum or magnesium except the main body shell. And that's so. what weighs all that? That's what all the weight is? <coughs> I, I don't know. There's like a neutron star hidden somewhere <laughs> inside the car. <laughs> I cannot explain what weighs. Well, everything. so he had a Volvo, mm-hmm. and right, and there was actually... I was in the bathroom. Sorry. <laughs> I was relieving myself. Yeah, no, all right, never mind. You missed yeah. the, uh, the frame rail that leaks I, coolant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Have you had a chance to weigh it now after all of the weight reduction? Not or? yet, but no? I mean, it's a huge pallet of garbage we just ripped out of that car. And what you do with it, with That's all the garbage? $14 for in a dumpster. It no, $14. $14 only? <laughs> I, could no, believe, I, I, I could not believe it. Get all the metal on the spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, all the metal, I think I ended up getting like 40 to something dollars. Yeah. Wow. But Jeez. there's tons of plastic and foam and... Yeah, just random modules that you, I was like, I have no clue what this is. <laughs> just, just chuck it behind the fender well, like the, yeah, and they just start leaking, and you look and there's just all these leaks everywhere. So you don't need any of that stuff. It's almost like a BMW. 
Almost like a BMW. They what leak sense? Like, in the fact that they leak. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to ask, uh, are you doing anything for like uh, power distribution management? Or are you just going like with an arc panel? What are you doing on that, that front? Uh, yeah, there's just like a fuse box. So I got a custom harness made. Um, I would say the name, but I'm not sure if it works yet. Okay. So I'll, I'll say good or bad after I get it running hopefully this week. Um, but yeah, it's all like just integrated there and then just... You mean you got to get paid first, right? <laughs> by the like, company. Hey, I can say their name. <laughs> right. I mean, I'll shout out companies if they do good work, but I don't know if it's good work yet. So I'll, uh, I'll wait on that. But yeah, see, it's it's pretty good. It's like a Raychem wrapped harness. Seems like good quality stuff, and yeah, everything's just within like four feet of wire. Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. Low amp. Hmm. Yeah, apparently I went overboard on my harness. I didn't realize it. I don't know anything about anything. But I was told that you know that stuff's expensive. I was like, oh okay. And I had somebody do my harness, my engine harness, and like, oh, so it's gonna be a thousand dollars. Yeah. It's yeah, apparently I got a really good deal. So shout out to Brandon Pico for taking care of me. <coughs> Anyways, yeah, like apparently I got quotes for over 10k for the harness, a Raychem harness, but then this company did it for like less than three. Oh wow, okay. Uh, and it was yeah, kind yeah. of bes- <laughs> it was bespoke. It's the first time they ever put a link harness on a Hellcat. Okay, so that's why I'm not sure it does it even work. Yeah, yeah, I'm ignorant on a lot of that stuff. Like like somebody's pointing out, I was like, that's it. I'm like, oh okay, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, hold on. Teacher, I need a bathroom break. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know the bathroom is right. Yeah, I, I had to. I had to use it too, as well. Yeah. Pause it. Yep. Everybody comes back. Oh, we can keep going. Oh, well, we can just keep going. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. It gets rid of the live effect. Okay, Sean's going to the bathroom. We're going to keep talking. I went to the bathroom. You guys kept talking. I went to the bathroom. We should have mics. Yeah. And then also catheters. Yeah. Yeah. No, he said we need mics and. Mics and catheters. That's what we need to do. Oh, uh, mics gosh. and catheters. Just plug in to the We can make that the name of the podcast. Well, you just, missed the yeah. part where they, uh, they built a uh, suspension company just because they had to fill a, uh, had to make coilovers for his car. Wow. Fancy. That, that was, yeah, that would say that was like eight, seven or eight years ago. Wow. And what? Yeah. I, I thought it was like recent. No, no, no. I bought this car a long time ago, and then it just kind of sat there after I had a bunch of problems. And then, uh, yeah, I was like, there's got to be a better way to, I'm not going to, because for one of the uh, hydraulic shocks or air, I don't actually know what it is anymore. They were quoting like $3,000 for one corner. Oh my God. And I was like, Sean, we just got to make a coilover kit and you can go off and make a company and sell it, but I want coilovers on my car. (laughs) (laughs) So we made the first ones that, as far as I know, existed for Mm -hmm. that car. And then now there's like eight companies, seven or eight companies now who are making the coilovers. Because it's cheaper to put coilovers on it than to replace one corner. Right. I was like, there's got to be a market here. And Sean Sean did find a market. People are ordering these constantly. And it's custom sway bars on the car because it doesn't have sway bars. Really? With the the hydraulic suspension. So we had to figure out a way to pipe that all in the car. And uh, I guess there might be an SL in Europe. That had sway bars. I think it was like a rare version. Mm-hmm. Um, so we might have used that. I don't really remember. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it turned into his own company after that. Hey, win-win situation. You get coilovers, and he has a whole nother line of product. Yeah, kind of goes back to your question, right? Like he actually developed a line of product that had a huge um, need. 
right? And before it was the other way around. You're saying, have you ever de- developed a product that end up not having a need, or not being well, a, being being able to be utilized, banned. being banned, or well, same yeah. thing. So it's, it's in at the end is you still develop a product and then you find it can't be used. But um, yeah, hmm. I just came in and I was like, I'll pay for everything. And then you'll have a product, and then just pay me back. Right. <laughs> so I got free coilovers on my car, go. and then get royalties. Yeah, I could have, but uh, I let Sean have. Good, yeah, good well, you're good, you're a good friend. You're a good friend. <laughs> <laughs> what are you What are you doing for in regards to replacement parts? Um, I know a lot of it is custom, but with the sport that we're in, obviously a lot of things are going to break. Obviously, bumpers, which I don't know how you're going to go about with the Body body panels, the bumper, bumper budget. budget. I mean, I know Mercedes isn't cheap in that aspect of it, but some of the, I guess you could say, like the minor details that perhaps often overlooks that can go the wrong. one-off parts, right? Like the one-off parts that you break. Yeah, right. How do you? What's your plan of attack for that? Yeah. So if I remember right, in the current budget spreadsheet, it's like an extra thousand per event just for replacement parts. Um, and then some more for maintenance. I priced out like, okay, if if uh, would it be cheaper for me to make my own fenders, like copy the ones I have currently, and it ended up just being it's cheaper just to buy the things. Mm. Just if I blow a fender, just buy the fender, in time and in materials and all the stuff I need to prep for copying uh, a fender or a bumper or whatever. So actually, those those parts are not that expensive. Um, and I'm in talks with one company to potentially get them even cheaper. Okay. Um, and then as far as like control arms and stuff, if I hit a wall, <laughs> I'll talk to this guy. Um, and then in terms of the chassis, the great thing is, like I said, you can go to an auction and get one running. It's just going to be bouncing down the road right? <laughs> when you drive it back. Yeah. And it really bounces. Wow. It's, it's like bad. this going down the road. Um, but anyways... Super cheap. And then you could sell the engine out of that and maybe even get your all your money back. So mm-hmm. replacement chassis, not too worried about it. If I stuff it in a wall, I think I could swap everything over within a couple of weeks if I had to push myself. Hmm. Hmm. You may. You never know. Yeah. And there's a lot of those cars just wrecked. In, I mean, it, it was a mass-produced car yeah. that a lot of people, especially in Florida, all the old people had. Yep. No, you're right. Absolutely right. Actually, it's funny you mentioned that. Uh, the owner of the company that I work for, um, I had to take one of the guys to go pick it up because he had it at some shop. And I'm like, hey, that car looks familiar. And it was, yeah, he's like 85 years old. <laughs> he's still yeah. driving around. You know? Yeah. Yeah. There's one over by Chris's shop every time I'm down that way. Their uh, electroplaters are in that area. Oh, okay. Every time I see it, I'm like, ah, oh, there's another one. I'm like, yeah. yeah. We got like 14 cars right now. Last thing I need. Yeah, last thing you need. Yeah. Another, another SL. Yeah, and the only thing people are pulling parts off for is that air suspension. Right. Besides that, there's nothing else on the so car. So you probably get even, who knows, you could probably even get a free chassis one of these days. It's just it's just sitting there and just a matter of just pulling everything off and putting everything back on. Right. So and the cage is done and everything? No, didn't get on the cage just yet. Okay. Um and we have some ideas on the control arms. But right now I just want to see if the engine works. We'll get that on. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the body stuff right now. Uh like rib nutting all the body kit on and mounting the rear mount radiator this week as well. Okay. So once all that's in and I get the seats in, then I'll figure out how we're going to pipe all the the cage. Yeah. Okay. 
Have you found another chassis within the Mercedes lineup that perhaps you could grab parts off of just in case you come across an issue that for whatever reason, all of a sudden, all the SL 55s in in and Florida get a go on the water or something. <laughs> yeah, and good, you yeah. can't find another SL 55. What do you do? So I don't necessarily need an SL 55. So the R230 platform has like the SL 65, the 55, the 500, the 600. Uh, There's oh. so many of them. They just have different engines. Well, it's so, also it's an E class, basically. Uh, underneath, it's an E class. And apparently, it's also a, a charger. So the. What? Re- the rear end of a charger yeah, you can, fits you can bolt into fits. the back no, of you can, it. You, you just bolt, what? You can what? Bolt, you can bolt a Hellcat rear end. Like, are you, the, the are whole you serious? Yeah. yeah. So they've interchanged a lot of different parts inside. How does that even like? Oh, well, I, I think da- I know why. Daimler Chrysler. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, the Charger is a Mercedes platform. I think it's a W210 actually, but it's close enough. Apparently, people bolt them in. Wow. Yeah, I think the guy in in Romania reached out to me and said that that's what they did. I think they took some charger parts on the back of the car. Well, that makes life easy, right? It's yeah. Not, it's not legal, though. What's well, not legal? Well, 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 I mean, Pro-Am won't matter, but yeah. yeah. Once you're doing tech at the uh, pro-spec level. Hey, well, they won't even know. Like, they're going to yeah. know. Like, they're going to know they supposed will. to be a... Hey. <laughs> <laughs> look, at the cam- look at the camera and say that. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll, never, they'll never be able to tell. They'll never know. You'll never know. <laughs> These are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> Hey, yeah. that's that's absolutely wild. Like my mind, like blown with that fact just now. Yeah. Right. I mean, I I do recall that there was a time, obviously Daimler, Mercedes, they got together. I'm sorry, Daimler and Chrysler, they got together. There, so there was a lot of parts sharing, uh, car sharing, chassis sharing, uh, like the Crossfire and all these other cars. And I was just like, wow, this is the greatest car ever. This this is a hot mess. A neon. Yeah. <laughs> I wish the E36 were and bolted into an E30. That'd have been great. I would have kept the E30. But no, man. Even Andy Haley had to finally jump over. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he had like he had, he had like three foot spacers on his on the back of his car. He, uh, <laughs> I had custom it. control arms. The geometry was all. Mm-hmm. We used to talk a lot about it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, finally jumped to the E46. And, and look at look what the difference it made. Yeah, made a huge difference. Hmm. Actually, just hanging out with him at SEMA, we were talking about it. Yeah, he's a good and guy. He's like, I'm so I'm so happy. <laughs> we had we, we had him on one of the early episodes with him and Jeff Jones when they were down at uh, Jackson Shop. That's right. Yeah, I think yeah, it was like two years ago. Yeah, you guys weren't out there, were you? No, no, no. yeah, because Jeff Jones does the uh, the FD party now, I guess. Or he has, oh, really? He had well, he has the, the Jeff Jones party and all the FD guys come out, so it was mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, no, yeah. Jeff, he's a good guy. It's, it's, he's fun to hang out with. Yeah, he's doing the I mean, hop him, and him, and, him and Jackson are like two peas in a pod. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're just like. <laughs> Take each other on. They take each other on. It's funny. (laughs) It's true. Yeah, I don't don't even know. Any case, uh, Tim. Anything else you want to add? Oh no, I I I think um, I guess we'll kind of wrap it up here, and we can probably go on and on forever. But who wants to watch that, right? Um, So, Rory. Any? I'm I'm just about anybody that's going to watch is probably going to already know who you are. But just in case. Instagram, uh, YouTube, where can people find you? And um, I guess you said you're looking to start up the vehicle, so I guess that's going to be your next um, big video, I guess, right? Will be the startup of the car? Um, probably the next video will be on the just showing the smart car. Okay. Oh, okay. And make seeing what I get out of that. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to get a lot of hate from that. But I think... <laughs> Yeah, but it'll be funny. 
Yeah. A big troll. You're a yeah. big troll. <laughs> it's basically a troll move. Yeah. Um, so I already know what I'm going to get out of that. But yeah, next part will be yeah, showing the uh, hopefully the engine running, if mm-hmm. everything's good there. But yeah, you can find all that stuff just at Rory Drift on mm-hmm. YouTube, uh, TikTok, Instagram, and then just RoryDrift.com is the Discord group. Yeah, and you're pretty... Um as far as communication, people reach out to you, or you get an overwhelming amount of communication that you can't keep up, or is it at the point where you can still kind of manage and make sure that uh, if somebody reaches out to you with a legitimate request or a legitimate concern, you will reply? Oh, yeah. I reply to everybody. Oh, okay. Right. Absolutely everybody. Um, so I'm every hour just messaging people. Wow. Okay. It's, Good deal. Yeah. It, it's fun. Um, like I said, it's been it's been amazing response so far. People have been really nice. People are super helpful, and uh, yeah, uh, anybody who takes time out just to message me, I, I definitely feel like I owe them to at least uh, respond in a timely manner. Okay, good deal. Can Paul, you have anything? No, no. no. Um, oh, Sean, how about you? No, that's pretty much it. First podcast, so uh. no. Well. Like, <laughs> what channels do you have? Yeah, do you have a channel? Oh. Do you have any Instagram or TikTok or thing? Are <laughs> yeah. oh, you always no, always reach me? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously uh, SLR Speed on, uh, on Instagram yeah. and uh, and YouTube. Uh, we don't really do much on YouTube, but we're looking to change that uh, this year, and uh, or as we're wrapping up this year. But definitely, we're going to be doing more videos. And uh, yeah, as always, slrspeed.com. Uh, I'm looking at the wrong camera. There we go. It doesn't matter. Edit this. Don't worry about it. Don't matter. <laughs> uh, yeah, slrspeed.com. Uh, slrspeed on Instagram. Uh, slrspeed on TikTok. Actually, just recently got on there. And um, yeah, sales at slrspeed. If you want to send us an email, we do have staff. It's not just me always answering or trying to keep up with all the emails anymore. So that's great. Yeah. And a uh, suspension company. Oh, uh, vvkusa.com. I didn't even and, know you uh, had that. that is specifically Mercedes coilovers. Mm-hmm. So we might be branching that out into a couple other platforms. So. And then what's your MSN? <laughs> wait, wait, hey, I have uh, an a- MSN. A- I am? I have an MSN. Why is that a bad thing? Hold on, I, I, how far back are we going? ICQ? My BBS? Oh, no. Oh, no. All right, Ben. Well, I mean... I'm all tap. I'm tapping out. Yeah, we've had a good time. I appreciate you coming out here. I appreciate you guys making the drive. That was fun. Yeah, thanks even, for inviting us. No, absolutely. And you know what? Maybe we'll have you back. Maybe when you start to do competitions, for sure. And start to get some feedback from the car. Yeah, um, that'll be that'll be fun to see. Watch watch how you develop and watch how you face the many challenges you're going to have to face to try to maintain this. Um, the element of uh, mystery. Mystery, yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, we'll oh, wait. see. Maybe someone will try to rip my mask off at an event. Well, because if he goes to Colorado, <laughs> he's got to he's got to he's got to drive with Mike because Mike's out there. Mm-hmm. And Magic, Mike? Magic Mike's out there, and that's yeah. Magic Mike is serious. <laughs> <laughs> serious man. Serious man. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of serious people in the in the scene. So it's yeah. it all depends on who you run into, right? Yep. And I just, I hopefully just encourage you to keep on the path that you're going and don't falter. Like if you have a plan, just, but prepare for everything. Because like you said, 
it may be one of those things where you're gonna have to wear another mask under mask and so pull it out. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've thought about it. Yeah. Like have a mask under the mask. Yeah. And like, gotcha. Yeah. I thought about I, that. I, I right. Ronald Reagan. Who <laughs> 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 was it for these snooping kids? That <laughs> <laughs> nah, doesn't show the age. All right. Then. Close us out. Yes, indeed. Uh, folks, uh, thank you for tuning in. And we will uh, actually, when this airs, uh, tune in tomorrow, I guess, pretty much, for the live stream happening at uh, Orlando Speedwell for the King of OSW event. And after that, uh, catch us next time for another episode. Take care and good night.